Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, this podcast you're about to see or listen to, depending on where you're taking your podcast, you can get this podcast anywhere. But if you're listening to this, you already know that. Um, is, is with my buddy Sam Morell. He Sam is a New York comic. He is stuck in LA uh, in quarantine. And this is the first Zoom podcast I did. I wasn't certain I was going to be, I was going to enjoy Zoom podcasts. By the way, if you notice, we talked to Dr. Drew about uh, podcasts and he said, you know, as long as you social distance. And I, I was cool with that, but not everyone was. And then in a weird way, people felt a lot more comfortable doing this. And so for the time being, and I say for the time being because, hey, secret time, secret time, secret time, when this podcast does go back up with guests, we will be in a new podcast studio, secret time. We are building it right now. I am super excited. This podcast will go back to live podcast with, with uh, friends and guests. And uh, we've got a new studio that's coming uh, that we're working on right now. So when this does, uh, when we do get out of this pandemic, we'll stop doing Zooms. By the way, I may continue doing some Zooms with people I couldn't normally get. I really enjoy the Zooms. I think I'm actually a better interviewer on the Zooms. I listen better. I listen better and I take notes, so I go back to things that I missed. So this is stepping up my, my interviewing game. I'm, I'm becoming a better listener. I tried listening on Two Bears, One Cave today, and I failed horribly. I did Two Bears, One Cave with Tom, and my goal was to listen more, and boy, did I screw the fucking pooch. I walked away barely knowing one minute of information about my best friend. <laughs> so... Uh, so like I said, I, I hope you, this was the first one we did on Zoom ever. And I did it with Sam because I knew, I knew Sam, I knew Taylor would be there. And I've known Sam for a long time. Um, Sam, if you don't know, uh, by the way, he's been on the podcast recently, like twice in the past six months. He has a new special called I Got This. It is streaming on YouTube and it's almost at 2 million views. So go check that out. While you're in quarantine, without a doubt, Sam Morell is one of the best joke writers in the business, without a doubt, without a fucking doubt. He is one of the best joke writers, probably one of the most celebrated joke writers. And when I say celebrated, I mean the best joke writers that we all know, like Attell, uh, all, those, all those guys in New York. He is their favorite comic. He's fucking awesome. He's with one of, one of my favorite human beings in the entire world, my little sister, Taylor Tomlinson, she has a special out right now on Netflix called uh, Quarter Life Crisis. Make sure to check that out. She shows up a little bit in this podcast. Uh, if there's anything suspect in this podcast, there was something they didn't, they didn't want me to put in there, and I think I cut it out, but if I didn't cut it out, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did cut it out. Okay, we cut it out. By the way, it was not noticeable. I don't even know what it was. But so I, it was just I, I, maybe someone wasn't wearing something that they wanted to be wearing. So it, we took that. I don't even know what the fuck it was. But uh, they're doing a comedy series on their Instagram right now called The Quarantine Couple. I think it's shifted into uh, the reality show of The Quarantine Couple. It's shifted in many different ways. They're a fucking hilarious couple. They're an adorable couple. Uh, Sam tells a great story about eating edibles with Taylor and him freaking out. And she said, oh, you're trying to fight it? <laughs> by the way if that's not someone who could be my legit sister i don't know who the fuck could uh as you'll notice if you're watching this we've shifted backgrounds i already say this i've changed backgrounds 
I used to have this beautiful picture of me, but so many people were turned off by the picture that they stopped watching. So I have this really cool background, which is set up. Uh, yeah. What the fuck are you talking for, Bert? Just play the podcast. All right, here we go. Uh, no tour dates to announce. All tour dates have been shifted. Go to BertBertBert.com if you have tickets and you want to see when your tour date was shifted to. Uh, check out my special Hey Big Boy. Check out Tom Segura's special Ball Hog. Check out Crystalia's special. Streaming right now, no pain. It is the trifecta. The trifecta is complete. If you notice, there's a joke we tell throughout all three specials. See if you can find it. If you can, send it to us. Edit it together. Send it to us. We'll retweet it. We'll repost it. We're all three very excited. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stand-up comedian, Sam Morell. This is the Fucking Ari Shafir is exhausting. What'd he do? Just everything about Ari. Ari will send you something like, he'll just send you like, Hey man, <clears throat> I just read ads, AdSense reads in the middle of your podcast. Now, do they, and the, it's like just to me and I have no fucking idea about that shit. Yeah. I'm always like, I don't know, Ari. Text Tom or Joe. They know all that shit. I don't know any of that shit. Yeah, I know. I, you just watched me take seven minutes to set up a mic. So luckily I don't get any tech questions ever. Are you rolling, Halston? Great. Hey, is this your first video podcast? No, I did. I do a basketball pod with Stavros, and we just we did one with Brian Koppelman yesterday. But that was all Stavros pulling that, you know. Stavros, I, Stavros is someone I could watch a full-blooded uh, E True Hollywood story on. He seems so fucking fascinating. Like he's the amazing. Tooth, the nakedness. I don't know if he's straight. The cum boys, like everything about him, is he's so fucking interesting. He's so straight. <laughs> But like I listened to him on a podcast one time, and by the way, I have I've had very minimal re- interaction with him. Yeah. Uh, and but I listened to him on a podcast one time, and it was, I was so fucking interested in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think sometimes I think when it comes to stand up, part of the part of the part of the catch is just being interesting to look at. That's true. You know? Yeah, he is a fascinating guy. He's he's amazing. Like we talked about this, I think me and Mark Norman talked about this about you guys were getting millions of views, but no one was following you on yeah. on Instagram jokes until recently. I think now with your YouTube fucking special, holy shit, man! Thank you, dude. I I, I mean, are we recording right now? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, man. By the way, I'm very comfortable with this because this is how I do therapy. This is be- you. This <laughs> do you really do therapy like this? Yeah, but I had to stop because I was lying to my therapist. That defeats the purpose. I thought someone was going to re- steal that and record my therapies and then yeah. go online. And, and I just was, I would find myself just not being honest with what was bothering me because <laughs> it was all way too connected. And so if it went viral, people, it would be better than any podcast you've ever seen in your entire life. That's such a bad way to go about therapy. <laughs> you're just wasting money lying. <laughs> you're getting worse and you're losing money. And I think he was going through a divorce and he was like, he was like having issues with women. And that was like feeding into my issues with women. And so all of a sudden I'd come out worse. I'd be like, I did. I'm taking away the silverware. I had a therapist do that once. I was going through a breakup and he referred to, he referred to the girls breaking up with as a bitch. And I was like, you might be too angry for me, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> but that's the problem need- is they're just humans. 
They're yeah. just humans. They're not better than us. They're just humans. Yeah. They're humans who were so fucked up in college that they were like, I want to fix me. So I'm going to take these classes. Yeah. And then they were like, I just, and, and then I had a, I had a therapist one time, a female therapist. And I said to her, I said, do you, I said, do you have a mortgage? And she said, excuse me. I said, do you own your house? And she said, I do. I said, so you have a mortgage? She said, yeah. And I said, yeah, that's why I can't trust you. She was like, I don't follow. <laughs> I go, as long as you have a mortgage, I'm going to have fucking problems. Like, yeah. that's how I connect that tissue. Like, as, it's you like. You say that about any doctor, though, right? I mean, that could, that could work for any. Uh, I say it about dentists. I definitely say it about fucking dentists. Yeah. Dentists consistently are like, okay, I'm going to have to. There was just an article about that saying that uh, the dentists were doing upsells on like, crowns and mold and, and bombs yeah. when they didn't need to because they could make more money and then all of a sudden you get the nice car how does that not i mean it it feeds into this bernie sanders let's go socialist and let's everyone just get the work we need right yeah well i don't i mean that's the problem it's like dentists are like mechanics man like i don't know i don't know what the hell like there's no like price for a crown they're like this is what i charge and you're like well that's that sounds crazy you know yeah i just got I had a I had a fucking insane toothache like a week ago. Like, I'm talking blinding. I keep saying, do you do you remember in Castaway when uh, when Tom Hanks just fucking hits it out with a rock? Yes, holy shit! I didn't think about that scene for a while. I was there. I was there. I mean, I'm talking, Sam. I got up in bed and I was rocking back and forth, just going, "Go away!" Like, yeah. I could not. I could not. I couldn't see, like I couldn't see out of this eye. And I started thinking it was a stroke. I called Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew's like, it might just be a really nasty toothache. And, uh, and he was right. And, oh yeah. So I go in and they go, well, you got a abscess, like one of the worst abscess we've ever seen. As a matter of fact, they took scopes. They did a, C, a CAT scan of my whole jaw because they thought it was spread all over my face. And so they came in and the guy, and the, I mean, Sam, he, they numbed me up and then they bring in this like, thing like we need you to sign this and it's three thousand dollars to get done and i just went yeah, just get it done i don't I need it damn i don't even know they could you do it while you're in pain that's a yeah. good that's a that's a good way to get you to sign is like like we did half the surgery um <laughs> you're already you. numb dude it that, was so but you don't know you really don't yeah. know that sounds horrible man that's like i jesus but same, with comedy. Okay? same with comedy yeah, i'm fine now but same with comedy like how much do you believe your talent is worth for one weekend? Like, no, just say the number. Say the real number. Like, what's the real number you believe your talent's worth? Like, like it depends on what city, I guess. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna highball myself in like San Francisco, but if we're talking like St. Louis, Missouri, pay me like twenty bucks. I fucking stink. <laughs> you know, because they're gonna the, be hammered, and I like St. Louis, but they're gonna be shit faced. But that's like Billy Guy. You need me. I used to tour with Billy Gardell and Billy Gardell used to have this, like, it was like a mantra and he, cause, cause we were touring with other people who believed they were better. And his mantra was at the end of the day, none of us ever are much more than a $900 headliner. Like at the end of the day, like that's you put easy us, for the guy who's getting Mike and Molly residuals to say though, <laughs> he was saying what? this back when he was an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, okay. I respect that then. Yeah. I heard stories about, yeah. That, look, man, if, I don't know. I I think like when you're killing it, you're like we're we're all fucking in this together. But then when you're like still hungry, like I, me, Mark Norman, Joe List, we all have that like minor, like we all have that feeling where we're hitting like 380 in the minors, you know? And we're like, <laughs> call us up. 
there's guys in the in the major slacking. So I don't know. It's easy to say when you're fucking when you're killing it. Like Mike is, you know, ton of acting work and stuff. Yeah, it's he's a good actor. He's a really he's a great actor. He's a he was just dude. in something on Elvis, wasn't he? Yeah, he probably played uh, what the Colonel dude. He was unfollowable. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you his act was so dialed in like it was first of all it was an act like it was not not i'm not i don't mean this bad but like it was never changing it was like a, an hour act right that'd be great if you're like i couldn't follow him he said the n-word like 40 times you just can't follow that you just <laughs> they're cheering they're all cheering <laughs> his act was like dude it was so tight that like yeah i i mean it was like and 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 he would he had little variations of it if he could dance off in different ways. But ultimately, it was this so blue collar. So I'm just like you guys. We all grew up the same. Do you remember <laughs> this? But I mean, those dude, those acts, you know, those what's crazy. Those guys like him, Gary Valentine, like guys yeah. that no one could follow them. They were such monsters. Yeah. But the, that's but so they, funny to be just killing it. You, you need to keep that connection. I'm, I used, I remember reading Fred Thompson. Remember that presidential candidate? He yeah. was like, he was in like fifth or something for the Republicans. And I'm, I want to say like 2008 or something. And yeah. he's just filthy rich. And he would show up. He would take a limo to like a Ford pickup truck and then take the Ford pickup truck to his rally. Dude, don't even get me started with that. You know, that's what the problem that Gal Gadot fl- uh, sled into. Was, oh, the the Imagine video. Yeah, it was that was Ugh. that it was that people all people could see like it's so crazy. Rich people are so unaware of what's behind them when they film themselves. Yeah, like imagine just a, what? Imagine we all have a basketball court in our homes. Is that <laughs> it, that my my buddy Ron on Hirschberg is a really funny comic. He has this bit where he says Bernie Sanders is like if the song Imagine ran for president. <laughs> I think that's such a good line, but it, dude, it's that song is ridiculous anyway. And then, yeah, I, it's a bummer when you see comics in it. Cause you're like, I, and also like, you know, that they're just like who the, all these stars are in it. I guess I should do it. I don't know. But like, you got, I would have done it. I would have done it if, by yeah. the way, in, a, in a heartbeat. If, if, if I got a text from, but if you were in it, it would have been funnier. Cause it would have been like, Oh, Bert's being silly with this. I wouldn't, they, I wouldn't, it felt like yeah. it was serious. You would have, like- you would have gotten, that it was ridiculous and you would I didn't have made know who half it. I didn't know half the, who half the dudes were. Yeah, same. I was like, who is this person? I've never <laughs> even seen these people. They should have done Crazy Bitch by Buck Cherry instead. That would have been funnier. <laughs> well, you know, I tried to, I tried real quick. I texted uh, a couple comics, j- I literally two comics saying, hey, do you guys want to do, this was like, it was released. I saw Joe DeRosa's comment. I then immediately was like, all right, I'm going to text some comics. We'll do one. And we'll do the ABC song, right? And so I thought that yeah. would be funny. But here's what's going on with me with creating content in the pandemic yeah. is that it's such a feeding frenzy. Like anything comes yeah. up and everyone's got they're not everyone's just waiting to make content. So it's like it's like look at fucking Tiger King. Jesus Christ, if I see one more meme of Tiger King or fucking a, a, of a celebrity as the uh, fucking face swap of like i'm like a nut and by the way i'm guilty of it too i did we all do it we all We're do all it doing it because we but, have to because it's like it, it's it's our way like a stand-ups it's our way of taking back control because we're so used to being able to get on stage whenever we want and now we just don't have that outlet so when i make a stupid video 
of me telling jokes to my mom or something. I'm like, well, that's the closest I can get to stand up right now. And I just miss it so fucking much. Yeah. How's but, it, how's it been for you? Because you, you literally like, I don't miss it at all. Like I'm <laughs> part of me is like, Hey, can we just make this the new normal? Like we don't do spots anymore and we all just <laughs> Can we all just become fat Jew? Can we all just give up on this and just steal jokes from people? No, dude, I don't know. I, like I, I miss stand up so much. It's like it's re- and like I really put out this special as like, well, I'll make my money back on the road. It, it was it was going better and better. And uh and my first weekend, like really like where I was feeling like a little bit of a bump in uh Michigan uh in in comedy castle it's such a cool club and uh i really had to be like i put my money out to make this money back on the road and now i'm like oh shit this is my last gig i think i think this is it really was it when was that was that well i was in comedy castle in royal oak and then the next weekend i was supposed to be in tempe at the improv and uh and I was texting my agent like, just, you know, some of your agents care about, you know, those agents that care. And then there's other agents that are just like, you could fucking, you're, you'll be fine. I remember I, they, years ago, I got this fallout week at Mall of America in Minneapolis. My agent was like, dude, I got you this hot weekend at Mall of America. And I was like, oh, it, you mean the same Mall of America that Al-Shabaab is threatening to shoot up this weekend? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, well, it's on the front page of CNN. Go to the front page of CNN. And he'd be like, I don't think it's a big deal. And I was like, dude, it's the front page of CNN. So I was like such a hungry young comic. That I was like, do I do it? Like, do I still take the gig? And my, I remember I texted Joe List and, you know, my buddy Joe. And he said, uh, he's like, if you take it and you die, you're the dumbest fuck who's ever lived. And I was like, all right. So I just, I didn't take it, but really? damn, you, you know, when you're hungry for those, for those fallout weeks, you're like, fuck, let me, let me get, this. but like, clearly someone fell out for a reason, you know, oh, someone, yeah. someone yeah. was like this, there's going to be an uprising. There's going to be a shooting in this mall. My first fallout week was Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Really? The last minute. Yeah. And Dang. they were like, we need someone similar. You want to know, you want to know real inside comedy gossip? Yes. Uh, so I get down there. They call me. It's like, wednesday they're like dane's backed out we need someone for thursday night can you get down there thursday i was like of course so i fly down thursday i fly down wednesday night i think leave wednesday night and get in for thursday press do thursday press go to the club that night and my feature what club is this uh the last stop in houston damn okay my feature is gary goldman damn i'm friends friends with and has been doing it as longer than me if not as long as me if not longer yeah. and it's dane's opener and they didn't tell gary and gary and and it was like it was like a real moment between two friends where there's no jealousy but gary's like why am i not headline yeah. why like why didn't why didn't they just i'm already here why wouldn't they just why would they bring you in all the way from and I, i'm like i don't know and the owner this guy pete who was ruthless i mean like <laughs> i'm talking just really no bedside manner, like really aggressive. Yeah. Uh, he goes, uh, we're, but Gary and I are in the back row and we're talking and Gary's like, why wouldn't they just have me headline? And then I go, well, here's Pete. This is the owner. I say, Hey Pete, just out of curiosity. Why did you, <laughs> why did you, <laughs> why did you guys bring me in? And why didn't you just have Gary headline? And he just goes, no one wants to hear about cookies for a fucking hour. And oh just my walks God. Away. And it's Gary's like, motherfucker. Gary's like, so that's my act is cookies for an oh, hour. I hate, I hate, because Gary's such a fucking great comic too. Dude, it's he's such, such a, a great. Fuck, comic. fuck them. That's like, goddamn. They, but they know that, like, they know that one comment like that is going to be in our. There's no way we can hurt them like they hurt us. 
Yeah. You know, there's no way that we can be like, this club, it's a fucking, it's a shithole. They'll be like, yeah, whatever. I'm getting paid. You know, like they don't, like Gary's going to labor. He's already in his head. He's going to labor. Oh, fuck. Ooh. That was the first time I realized he dealt with depression. He, we, I went to his room a couple times. With yeah. the, the, uh, the British office had just come out. And Damn. so I showed him the British office thinking like, oh, if you're depressed, just watch this. You'll die laughing. And he did not find it super funny. And, uh, and he... <laughs> And he was, it was, it was, it, I never realized, I didn't, that's when I realized depression is like a real thing. I didn't, I didn't know it was like, I was like, I always thought, there we go, a little more of me. Um, I always thought it was just a little more like of a made up thing, but it's legit. <laughs> I'm so glad you found that out. That would be the worst. You'd be such, you're such a better parent for knowing what that is. If, if your kids are like, daddy, I'm depressed. Quit telling tall tales. Well, dude, that was how I grew up is that if you were depressed, get the fuck outside. That was it. Like there was yeah. no. There was no, I remember telling my mom, because I, I have, I have legit, like, like certifiable uh, OCD and uh, anxiety, like legit across the board, not even, not even kinda, it's real. Yeah. Um, I remember telling my mom when I was like 20, maybe 26, I had a, 25, I had like a little bit of a nervous breakdown, like, uh. I, you know, it was, it's a lot more serious than I'm, I'm adding on. Bill Burr said something to me one time that was fucking genius. It's like my favorite thing Bill Burr's ever said. It's coming out on the next Bill Burt. He was talking about uh, getting molested as a kid. <laughs> as a kid. And he goes, he goes, one day, one night we're at the store. And this is like, this is like the perfect way to wrap your head around any like OCD or any, any like any, anything going wrong with you that you minimize. He was one night we're talking about getting molested are all everyone's telling their molested stories at the cellar and he goes and they got to me and i was like yeah mine's not, mine's not as bad as you guys mine's not that bad and they're like oh bill doesn't want to share his stories it was like no it's just not that bad like it's gonna sound like nothing compared to you guys so he tells his therapist about it the next day and he goes therapist goes uh goes i'm sorry you were telling stories about getting molested and he was like well that's comics you know kind of like minimize things and everyone was trying to one-up each other with their stories and it got to me and my story's not that bad and therapist goes you were molested as a kid and he goes well not really but like it, look and he tells the therapist the story and in the, in the telling the therapist story he's not getting the reaction that he thought it would have gotten the seller like the therapist's face is just going like and bill goes hey man calm down you're making it seem like it's that bad it's not really not that bad and the therapist it's so funny goes, that he's expecting a therapist to have a patrice o'neill like reaction <laughs> this guy's yeah. a fucking this is what he does for a living why <laughs> and the therapist looks at him and goes, Bill, it's it's pretty bad. And Bill goes, no, it's not that bad. And the therapist says to Bill, he goes, Bill, let me ask you one question. Would you do that to a child? And Bill goes, oh, fuck no. Fucking no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, that's my favorite story. I, and, like, oh, I have a, but that's my favorite Bill Burr story. And so I remember telling him I'm a ner- I had a nervous breakdown. I'm minimizing it because we're comics. And so, like, you know, but, like, I like a, what you could call a nervous breakdown, right? It's all OCD related very much anxiety first time i started drinking in the mornings like to like try to like write the boat you know like i i gotta get out of here and so i'm i go to philly with my cousin abe and it's it's just getting worse and i take a train home uh back to new york and my roommate uh ty rodriguez calls my mom and says hey something's going on with bird he's not right like he's really not right like he's talking crazy like Seems like everything's got an agenda to it. Like, I don't, you should. So my mom just goes, calls me, text, uh, beepers me, sends me a beeper text. I call my mom from, uh, from 
what's uh, where's Madison Square Garden above Penn Station? Yeah, and thirty um, fourth. Yeah, I call my mom from thirty fourth. I get into Penn Station from Philly, and my mom says, "Go to head over to the airport. I got a ticket waiting for you." So I was like, "Okay." So I, I now I'm just I'm really out of it, and I'm I'm yeah. drunk. So I just go, "Ah, fuck it. Let's fly home. Let's fuck it. You know what? Fuck it." So I take a tra- a, a cab out to LaGuardia, get on a plane, fly home, and that weekend I tell my mom, "I'm like, I realize something's going on with me, and I and I can't." write the boat and i go mom i i think i have some i think i have some mental issues i think i have obsessive compulsiveness and anxiety and i kind of want to see a doctor if my mom just goes oh no 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 that'll that'll break how interesting you are those are your nooks and crannies honey like you need to those are the fears you're supposed to have that's not the fear your mom is supposed to have yeah you're supposed to be scared to medicate for your (laughs) heart your mom is supposed to be like get better don't yeah. fucking ride this out. That's my hilarious. mom's like, call some friends, hang out with some friends, go out. You're going to be fine. Dude, every That's time. The I- worst advice I've ever heard in my life. I remember I was one time, this just made me think of it because you said LaGuardia. I was leaving. Uh, Michael Che had this big party and I was, and he had just got this new place and it was like all night. It was me, just me. I remember I, the memory of the party is he's just pouring me and Mark Norman, like, blue label scotch and we're like you're wasting this we're fucking we're not even tasting this we're hammered and he doesn't care he's like laughing at it we, we end up leaving i know this is how i could tell i'm fucking wasted mark and i are leaving and i'm showing him how to box out rebound in the street i'm, I'm like you got to get in front of the guy man you got to like and mark's just like oh okay he's like he's like oh you gotta tell you rebound in basketball and then we go our separate ways i'm stumbling i hail a cab to go home and i get in the car and i'm so fucked up and the driver just goes to LaGuardia. <laughs> like, like <laughs> airport. and i was like the air i'm fuck i was stumbling i have no bags and i was so fucked up <laughs> and he just started and he, i just let him drive me to like like halfway to laguardia until finally i was like whoa 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 jfk <laughs> it took me a while to realize i had to get home i was just one of those nights but like and so when you said laguardia that just made me think of that story but goddamn, dude, that's like also, um, you know, that's so funny that you were scared to get medicated. Like a therapist, we do minimize our problems because comics, like you don't want to be that bleeding wound of a comic. You want to stay funny. And that's like the biggest fear is to just be some like confessional comedian. But like that we do minimize stuff. We're like, I, I remember one time in, in college, I thought I, I saw a therapist who was like the worst. Uh, <laughs> he was just an asshole, but he was funny. He was like a funny. He was like an insult comic. I went to Tulane for like a year and a half. My mom sent me to this therapist in uh, the ninth ward. And it was like, dude, it looked like Shutter Island. It looked horrible. It was, it, it was all abandoned. No one was like in the Shutter hospital but him. Island. It was him and like two nurses just hanging out. And uh, I would go in there. It was like right when I first met my biological father. I had like a, I had a bad relationship with him. And that's fine. You know, we're not like, we're not cool. But uh I had like a great life. My dad raised me was a great guy. So I, when people get sad when I talk about this on stage, I'm like, no, shut the fuck up. I had a great life. I, my dad is a great dad. I lucked out of anything. But people just hear that your biological dad left and they get sad. But uh, like, I, I remember I had a joke. This joke never hit, which I, I think there's a funny joke, but it never got a laugh once because I said, um, like, you know, what's it like when you get legally adopted? It's like when you're, uh, you need the biological father's signature so the father can adopt you. So I say it's like the opposite of a UPS package. You know, like, you're like, here's my signature. I don't want this, so take this away. You know, <laughs> never hit. So I was like, they, they just go, oh, I'm like, to me, Aww. it's funny. Whatever. But uh, 
So I was dating a girl who was, uh, her parents were both therapists and at dinner every night, they would just fucking just destroy me. They sucked. And her, and she would always, whenever we fought, she'd go, who are you really yelling at? You know, every argument. So I was like, all right, I guess oh, I got to deal with it. I see this therapist and he's like, he's the worst, man. He's hilarious, but he's like the worst at the same time where he, he, he'd say, so you just met your, your biological father. And I say, yeah. And he'd go, you and mommy against the world. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like, to me, that was like the funniest insult. It's like, she I'm the one who's mommy. supposed to be saying, I'm supposed to be making fun of that. You're not supposed to be making fun of that. <laughs> it's like, it's like when, I think it's like when you hear a white guy say the N word and you're like, that's not yours. <laughs> that's not yours to take. Wouldn't that be great if you had gotten COVID, if you could say, if people that didn't get COVID, people that said the N word and you were like, oh my God. You've said the N word before. Oh, you didn't get COVID. Oh, that's perfect. I had a bunch of scenarios of people of ways you wouldn't get COVID. Like, uh, yeah. like if everyone that had gotten the clap was immune, you'd be like, ah, oh, shut the fuck up. How cool. Oh, that, wouldn't that be a great way? Like, and also you're like in quarantine with someone and you're like, you're like, yeah, I've never, I've never had the clap. And then she's sick as fuck. And you're like, you have to fake it. You have to pretend you're sick. You're like, yeah, I'm sick too. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Um, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be something like that. It's gonna be something like, oh, everyone that got dot 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 does it because the the reason that people are getting sick is not. It doesn't make any sense. Like Michael, yeah. oh, did you see what Michael Yo said on Instagram yesterday? No, what did he say, bro? Is he okay? Makes, he got well. He had pneumonia and got uh, coronavirus. Fuck, and the clap, and did the clap. He was at Gotham. That's where he got the clap. Fuck. He was at, really at Gotham that weekend? He got it at Gotham. Dude, I just did his podcast. I think we just talked about it. That's crazy. God damn. Yeah. We, don't you hate when people do that? I just did something I fucking hate. I do. What? I just did his podcast. Like that should have made him immune for the fucking <laughs> COVID. But I just saw him. Why is he not okay? That's so fucking odd. He, um, dude, his, he did an Instagram post. I was with Rogan when Rogan found out he got it. That, uh, that Michael Yo got it. That Michael oh, Yo got shit. it. I thought he got it too. Jesus. And so, and he was like, dude, this, that's scary because Michael Yo's in shape. You know, Joe's very much about uh, discipline and health. And so I think a little bit of part of Joe's brain was that guys like myself who drink and party and don't really take care of themselves, that's who's going to get it. Older people will get it. You know, people that have pre existing health conditions will get it. And then guys like, and I think Joe kind of thought of himself as impervious because he looks at guys like Michael Yo is like, is like great shape, fucking an athlete, played college football, like still in great shape, doesn't party, doesn't do drugs. Maybe he'll have a drink, but doesn't, not an alcoholic. Yeah. And when Michael Yo got it, Joe got spooked. I was with him and he was like, dude, this is making me fucking rethink things. Anyone can get like, it, man. But, but Michael Yo was, got it real bad. This is what fucking scared. Is he, is he going to be okay though? He's fine. He's fine. He's out of it now. Shit. He said, this is what, you know, it's, it's, uh, I love a small detail in a story, like something that becomes the underlying, the one, your one takeaway from a moment, right? Like, uh, like, um, I can't think of a great, this is a good example, but I can't think of a great example to pair this with so that I can connect it to like, connect it to it but michael yo said his one takeaway was you die alone because once you go into quarantine once you get it they put you into quarantine no one can come see you so they told him you have coronavirus say goodbye to everyone now 
because you're not coming out of here. This is either going to go. That's what they told him? Yes. And his takeaway was, fuck all this. There there are people. I was in a room with people dying alone. Like, and that was my, I said it to my daughter. I know that was probably maybe not what I should say to my daughter, but she wanted to go. She wanted to go bike ride with her friends. And I go, you go bike ride. You got to stay six feet away from them. You got to keep distance. Don't touch them. Just stay, stay on your bike. Go for a bike ride. That's fine. But keep your distance. And if you guys go to the park, set up six feet away. Don't touch anyone. She was like, dad, dad, I got it. Dad, I got it. And then I was like, I'm so glad we're doing this remote because this is like, I just don't want like, who knows what dude we're going. I mean, I went to the grocery store. I kept my distance, but some people just don't respect the distance. And I mean, can you imagine getting it? And I don't know, like, I, I I don't want to. And it's like, you know, we're trying to keep perspective. We watched Jojo rabbit the other night here and well, you know, you watch a Holocaust movie. It definitely, you're like, all right, people hidden fucking addicts. We can watch Hulu and Netflix for a few months. You know what I mean? Like they weren't, yep. they, they couldn't even do P90X in a fucking attic. You know, like let's take it down a notch. Let's, yep. we can exercise, we can cook, we can do whatever, you know? The, um, by the way, I made a joke. Do you, you do you know Jesus and Miro? Yeah. I, I don't know. Him. I, I've met, I, I've never met him, but I know like their show and stuff. I made a joke that I don't know if it worked with them, but uh, there was a period of time where they had a guy doing their beards. And, you know, black du- black dudes will do beards where they sometimes spray in the line. Have do you ever they? seen that? No. I mean, well, it's like a big thing in the in the urban culture is they'll tighten their lines up. But what they do is they get like a spray gun and they'll spray a line in their faces. It's it may the Jesus and Miro did that for their first like first few weeks of their first season of them going to showtime and i said and i said thank god you got a new beard guy and they're like yeah and i was like yeah that first season you looked like uh what's her name from jojo rabbit like what and they they were like i i don't know if they got i don't know if they i think they laughed fake laughed for me but that's like it's an obscure reference and it's also like you they're all it's like is he saying what we think he's saying like what the fuck is he i used to have it? to do i used to have i used to have a joke about uh about um i mean i I still do it sometimes and when i tell the machine story that i used to think Anne frank and helen keller were the same person and and uh and and inevitably and by the way this is not this is just this is just the arithmetic of comedy inevitably if there was an african-american person in the front row front for you rows they would not know who either Anne frank or helen keller were (laughs) across the board i used to do a game i used to do a game Sam, where I would, I would, I would say, I will yeah. pay for the entire evening of cocktails for any black person. I'll pay for your whole group if you can tell me who sings this song. And I'd play Sister Christian, and they would be like John Lennon. Oh my god! I miss that's what I miss about clubs is those like simple interactions where they're like you could you could get loose and have fun, you know? Yeah. I shouldn't say that out loud. But who knows what's going to happen to touring when we go back, dude? I hope I I miss it. Some I canceled like four months. It sucks. It's, when do you uh, start back up? I don't know, man. I I mean, I I had Gotham. Like you say, Michael Yo was at Gotham. Fuck, maybe. So so I was supposed to be at Gotham the next weekend after Arizona, and uh, that I moved that to September. I don't know when I start back up yet. So you don't have you don't you don't have anything in the books. Do you have anything in the books in June? Um, I canceled it all. Really? I canceled July too. I canceled everything. Canceled July? I think I'm at Zany's Nashville at the end of that month. I think I might 
still have that? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't even know, dude. I just get a text every day. Like we we're moving this. I'm like, all right, like, you know, better than me. So I'm, uh, I'm supposed to start back up in June, but, uh, but I'm we'll going see. every, I'm going every week until you should call it the Burt Kreischer lick your butthole tour. Just call it like the grimiest name. Dude, just I own think, it. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a big, I think two things. I think number one, I think we're gonna have to adjust ticket prices. I think that's across the board. Yeah. I think that, I think it's, I think it's, it's the same thing with that Gal Gadot shit is like pe- rich people don't understand, mm-hmm. uh, don't understand, uh, like what's in their background of what they're shooting. You know, they're like shooting and they got like a Bentley in the back and they're like, Hey man, I, I understand that they, whatever broke you that made you want to yeah. become famous is the same thing that makes you want to set up the Bentley in the back of your shot. But I, I I think that if you're trying to connect, do it not in front of a waterfall. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing is, I think a lot of people are out of touch when it comes to ticket prices. I I I think for us, from I mean, I would say the majority of comics, like myself, Tommy, Rogan, Ari, or you, Norman, like majority comics are like very sensible in the fact of like, yo, I end end up hanging out with these people after the show. I don't want to gouge them. Like I don't, I don't not not that I don't need the money, but like I don't, I don't need people to be broke and then trying to come see me. I want everyone to be able to, like I've always been like that, you know. Yeah. I want I want people to be able to afford to come see me and have a great night and forget about their problems. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it, no reason to gouge people, and I think they'll appreciate it. So you know, I think we'll we'll take this all one step at a time. Like you know, right now we'll see when when we can come back, what what we can do, but. uh yeah, I'm grateful to anyone who wants to come out, especially now. <laughs> you know, this is, I think, like, being indoors this this long, it, it's starting to, I'm starting to feel it. Like, I think this is what you should, people should be doing. Like, I get mad when I see people just out and about just being a fucking idiot because they're keeping this going. Like, we have yeah. to just stay in and suck it up. And uh, that'll end this more. I mean, the reason it's ended in other places sooner than it should have is because people followed the protocol. Like even Boris fucking Johnson was at a certain point was like, all right, like everyone's on lockdown and it's weird when it's government mandated, but also like some fucking people don't listen. Like, and they're going to, they're going to keep like, everyone's talking about the economy getting back going, but like we need, like if we come back too soon, it's going to fuck us even more long-term. So people have got to stay indoors. I mean, I'm a comic, but like, fuck, even when a comic's being like, stay in, I'm the one who's like supposed to fucking be an idiot. Yeah. It's, I think it's, uh, I, I've been very strict with myself, but I don't, you know, I, this sounds crazy, but this kind of lends itself to my personality. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy I remember when I was when I was a young comic, I thought I wish I had been an heir. Like I would have made a great heir. Like just waking up at, on like on like Foxcatcher Ranch and just just going out and shoot, waking up, have a cup of coffee and shooting a gun in the air a few times. Just having Foxcatcher Ranch is the funniest fucking reference. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the saddest story of all time. Bro, what was the what was the what was the oh uh, wasn't that the one where the wrestling coach just gets fucking murdered? John DuPont. Yeah. yeah, John DuPont. That guy, dude, it's always a dude like that. It's always like a fucking guy with like a Robert. He looked like Robert Durst. They all Ooh. look alike, don't they? Dude, dude, I didn't realize how I didn't realize how big the DuPont family was, like how wealthy. They anything that is uh manufactured in plastics or anything like that is fucking the DuPont family. 
Oh, he like he was throwing parties for cops. Like anytime you're like throw parties for cops, rich. Oh, like God. you're fucking rich. Get me that rich, dude. I let me. I would be the funnest fucking rich guy. Like I'm talking a hundred million dollars. Like let me win the lottery and just become that asshole. Like I would Hugh Hefner it, but with family. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude. Like, you'd be a, you'd be a more fun. Absolutely. I'd be a I'd be an awesome heir. Like to find out right now that. My parents had adopted me and I was the heir of the fucking octagon. Not like, not octagons, but fucking, what am I? Yeah, my parents created the rhombus. My family created the rhombus and I have all these royalties. Is there, money in the, is there money in the rhombus? In the rhombus. No, but I was going to say octagon. I don't know why I said octagon. I was trying to think of something that everyone's used and then I thought octagon. And so then all of a sudden the UFC has to pay me because they're using an octagon and my, my great, great, great grandfather named the octagon. He goes, I should be called an octagon. That's a, that'd be the funniest fucking lawsuit. It was just like, we came up with that word. They're like, yeah, we, we'll just change the word. Like, we don't give a shit. It's it's a thing. Who cares? I mean, that's, do you ever see that movie, Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion? Yeah. Where they just claim, they, where they just claim they invented post-its. Yeah. And then Janine Garoppolo goes, actually, you guys didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a great, though. that's like, that is like a perfect thing to say you made up. Yeah, I'm gonna start telling people that. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm family money. We, my great, great, great grandfather created the octagon, and so every time UFC puts on a fight, I get royalties. But you know, you know how it is. But I would, but I would love to. Uh, I would love to. Um, I would love to have that kind of fucking money, and then just have the like because this you're doing all right. I mean, I look at I'm looking at your setup behind you. It looks it looks pretty nice. Yeah, it's not bad. The uh, I. No, but I, I, but I don't want to, like, I would love, like, I love waking up and going, so nothing? Like, that's it. Nothing today? Like, if I, I'll See, work out. it depresses out. me. Maybe it's because you've been, you've kind of achieved a lot more and you've, and you've been in the game longer than I have, but I'm still so fucking hungry and, like, I just need, feel like I need to keep putting out hours, you know? So, Dude, I, so hey, I, I feel like a you. panic. I feel like everything I'm creating is panic creating. I don't feel like it's organic or good. I feel like everything I'm making right now is like, oh, fuck, I got to do something. And that's, that's, why, a, that's why I'm having a hard time uh, making content because I feel like it's not organic and fun. It's based off of this pandemic. I'm trying to have fun, but it's like, dude, so my girlfriend, Taylor, who you know, she, we watch, I tried to, we're trying to do a movie podcast right now because we're in that stage in a relationship where we just show the other one movies that the other one should have seen. And she's yeah. seven years younger than me. So she never, she missed out on like Jim Carrey. She missed out on Eddie Murphy. She missed out on, so last night I was like, all right, let's watch, let's watch Ace Ventura Pet Detective. You've never seen it. And she's like, all right, let's, she was like amped up. She got high. She's like, it's going to be great. And she fucking did not laugh once. It, 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 and it fucking hurt. So I was like, all right, let, it, it, we're 30 minutes in. I'm like, look, Maybe this is my childhood. Let's watch a different comedy. And I threw in Back to School, Dangerfield. Oh, don't, don't that, get me started. Save the day. Dangerfield is the funniest. To me, like, that's undeniable, that, that level of funny. Every line is a fucking joke. Hey, Every like, line. Hey, uh, hey Melt, uh, what's his name? Uh, Melton, not Melton. Uh, Thornton Mellon. Thornton Mellon. Thornton, do you like uh, Jennifer's dress? Yeah, put some pockets on you. look like a fucking <laughs> pool table. Hey, you come <laughs> shake, shake, no offense, you should come to my store. Dude, the line that kills me every time, too, is in the beginning where, where he said, I liked, your, I liked your old house better. Yeah, me too. I liked your old, I liked your old, wife, old wife better, too. Hey, don't me knock too. Vanessa. She gives great headache. Dude, <laughs> great headache. Don't start. I've watched that movie 
so we drove from New Orleans to LA for when, when the shows got canceled in the tour bus. And that's the only movie we watched. It's my favorite. It's probably like joke for joke. My favorite comedy. Ever. My favorite. Every my favorite, fucking line. My favorite part of that is when he goes in and he goes, uh, he goes into the girl's dorm yes. and he sees the girl naked. Great tits, by the way. Great tits. And by the way, all yes. I can think is she's probably dead. Uh, opens the fucking <laughs> curtain. It's only 40 years. She's probably our 60s. She's all right. She, oh, he opens the curtain, looks at it, and goes, you're perfect. Don't change a thing. And then he walks out, and the cop's just smiling. He goes, hey, you know what happens? Yeah. Accidents happen. And he says, he says hey, let's just call it a bad day. And he goes, yeah, with a great view. <laughs> he goes, hey, take, still something nice for the kids. He goes, I don't have kids. He goes, hey, go get yourself some kids. Best part about kids is making them. It's gold. And it's also, apparently, I read in his book, he said that they wanted to make the character, he wanted to make the character poor. And then he's like, well, what, if we made him rich, he can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he just changed the character to a rich guy. I told my daughters, we watched that the other night at the house. And I told my daughters, by the way, the best part of watching that with my daughters was yeah. this. Was this. Try, to get, try to guess what the best part of watching that with a 13 and a 15-year-old is. See Robert you, Downey Jr.? Damn. I nailed it. Because dude. He's fucking great in it. That's the thing about Robert Downey Jr. We were like, oh, this dude just was funny. He just had great timing. He's always been great. In everything he's ever done, he's always been great. Always been great. Yeah. Uh, They're sitting there like this, and all of a sudden, they're like, hold on. Hold on. Is that Iron Man? Yeah. And I was like, that's Iron Man. So funny. That fucking, when I was a kid, I told my daughters this. When I was a kid, and he did the triple indie. I was crying, laughing. It's I was incredible. Crying. It's dude, Dangerfield is just gold. It's just joke after joke. And it's I love movies like that where every character just serves to set up his joke. Like anything someone says, hey, you're tall and fat. Yeah, and you're short and ugly. Every joke is just for him to shine. How about Sam Kinnison's? Until we drove those rice eaters. Like you can't say that. <laughs> that scene was like, I mean, that's like the best scene in the movie maybe but yeah kennison just kills it dude Dude, i remember dangerfield's old specials even his old specials where he do you ever see those old stand-up specials with like bill hicks and robert schimmel and like yeah yeah and and the way he introduces bill hicks is even i remember that intro where he goes this guy's so far ahead of his time his parents haven't even met yet (laughs) that's gold he's fucking funny in his intros the teacher cares a lot about what i do not know Dude, the uh, the I loved with the I I think because I'm older I think and I and and then and then I didn't really get success until I was older. I always hung my hat on guys like Dangerfield and Gene Hackman, whose success showed up later in life. Does yeah, that make sense? Sure, like, Lewis. Black. I never I never had that like Tiger Woods, uh, G- uh, Gerard Carmichael existence. You know, <laughs> Just like, call him Gerard. <laughs> what's his name? Gerard. Oh, Gerard, Gerard. Gerard, Gerard makes him Gerard. sound like French and kind of badass, Gerard. like Gerard. He's yeah, a very sweet guy. I've never met him, but guy. he's a very sweet guy. But I'm yeah, saying, yeah. like, I never had that golden very child. Smart. Like, like, he comes in and they go, oh, if he's attached, we'll just make it. Like, I, right, that, right. I, I didn't oh, get dude. that until later in life when people were like, when you had that. But you can understand, like, having years and years of pitching, years of pitching things, 20 years of pitching things, things and everyone saying no and then all of yeah. a sudden having a little success and someone going yes to whatever you want to do is like so that i can't imagine how much i would have fucked that up at 27 
Yeah, that's a good point. Well, maybe this is for the best. You know, some of those people, they don't, they're not ready and they don't come back from it. You know, they get those chances and they just don't like Downey Jr. He almost didn't come back. He almost died. Yeah. He was such a fucking addict. So like maybe he, maybe he was successful too young. Who knows? You know, um, did you hear the urban legend that he took a dump on some producers? Uh, some guy wouldn't cast him and he took a shit in his office on his desk. For real? That's it's a, I don't know if it's true. I've heard it. I love it. I kind of respect that. I, there was, I remember here, it's so funny. The stuff you heard back when podcasting started before the me too era, where you'd hear guys just fucking say the shit they did to people. And you were like, Whoa. And then all of a sudden me too shows up and they're like, Hey man, can you take that podcast down? <laughs> <laughs> you know who I feel I bad for all the yeah. women getting aged out of Hollywood during this coronavirus. <laughs> Holy shit. I think Goddamn. Girl, women who are just on the cusp that go, you mean, so I get, I'm losing a full almost year of yeah. viability. I'm a mom now. Fuck <laughs> the fucking. Cause you know, Hollywood's ruthless like that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, shit, maybe, I don't know. It, it's, it's going to be like four months. There's going to be some shit that doesn't come back. I feel like, dude, think about restaurants right now. That's what I keep thinking about. It's like all these restaurants just being like, well, that's it. That's my life's work. I think about that a lot because I'm watching Food Network and you look at these people like uh, yesterday. You remember Carl Ruiz? Fucking hilarious guy. So fucking, he's all over. He was, he was, I mean, it's weird to m mention guys' grocery games right now because that show just looks like fucking lavish with full supermarkets. Now when we're going shopping and I feel like I'm robbing a fucking bank every how time I go I not, shopping. How did I not see that joke? I've been watching only guys grocery games and I haven't once seen all that upsets me is anytime you watch on Food Network, people touching each other or touching food yeah. or kissing each other. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck are you guys I doing? Know. Dude, I was watching The Sopranos yesterday and Tony and Big Pussy just hug each other tightly. I'm like, ooh, I miss a good meaty hug. Two fat yeah. dudes hugging like that. looked It looked good. I've been but, having uh, dreams about social distancing. I know. Like where people go, hey, man, give me a hug. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, we can't do that. And they're like, oh, don't be such a bitch. <laughs> That's such a fucking modern nightmare. God damn it. Your dreams are fucking pumping out new, man. You're not <laughs> playing any old boogeyman shit. You're getting... That's... Dude, Food Network now is like... It really is... Carl Ruiz was such a funny... And, and I only met him a few times, but every interaction I had with him was like, this is just a fun, sweet guy. And Food Network, man, like... You watch any of those shows, it's like, it feels lavish because you go to a grocery store now and like I was telling Taylor, we're going shopping and we're putting gloves on. We're putting masks on. We're putting fucking, I told her like, we're like robbing a bank. It feels like, cause we're like, be quick, run in there, run out, you know, keep your distance. We're yelling shit from across the aisle. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like shopping. It feels like, like a pan, everything feels like a panic. I can't go to the grocery store. You haven't done it? I can't. I haven't gone yet. I went to one time I went. I have a fishmonger um, uh, leeway on Ventura. His, it's uh, called Joint. And he had done something really cool. I, I've, been, I've been trying to do, I have no social conscious at all, but like I've been trying to kind of point out uh, alternative places you can get stuff. So like this guy leeway has turned his fish place. He was like a high-end fishmonger and he's just turned into a grocery store. So he gets meat, he gets beef, he gets eggs, he gets flour, he gets rice. They bake bread every day. And so like- oh, damn. And so I, I've been, I've been tweeting about him and saying, or put it on Instagram, like, Hey, check out this guy. If you're in Sherman Oaks, he's a great guy. He's got, he's got fresh fish. He's got fresh meat, everything. So the other day, my wife's like, you know, you should, 
uh, she was, she was like, you should go over to leeway and, you know, support him. Like you buy some stuff. And I went, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get out of the house. She goes, well, you're, it's a little hypocritical for you to tell everyone to go over there, but you're not going to go over there yourself. And then I was like, fuck. So I went over and I got some fish from him and I got some, uh, I got some steaks from him. And then he uh, got a loaf of bread, but the bread was fucking out of this world, out of this world. It was like legit homemade bread. And it was a really cool interaction. And, and, but that's the only time I've gone there. And I went to Rite Aid because I had to get medicine for my mouth. The only two, I, I can't, I have a hard time going out in public like that. Yeah. Isn't it? Rite Aid is the most uh, intense shopping experience because at least in grocery stores, the line moves. In Rite Aid, it's still one person. It still takes 45 minutes. You're still yeah. like, fuck, I guess I'll stream it's, a show online. It's a honeypot, that place. Because that's, if you're sick, that's where you're going. It's Dude, where you're going. I, the cutest. Like, and this, this may be like a father moment, but like when you have kids that are uh, different types of children, you, uh, you, you definitely appreciate different types of children. Like I was a weird fucking kid, but so this, I'm, or I'm in Rite Aid and there's this yoked out dude, dad, right? Yoked out, uh, black dude fucking popping out of his shirt. I mean, just like a real alpha and behind him is his daughter, uh, you know, kind of like stereotypical cute little black chick like uh like maybe like 12 uh pigtail bun pigtails right glass big glasses on and then next to her is her younger brother but he's taller and skinnier very nerdy right and i hear him say i'm i'm looking at them walking down the aisle and i hear him say to his sister you know as a natural introvert i've been training for this my entire life <laughs> that's adorable and I saw the dad kind of roll his eyes and i just oh, thought man. that kid is just it's like one like times like that where you just giggle but yeah i went, I went to write it once i can't really I, you know what my you know what my problem is i have a problem with the with um desperation or panic so like yeah go into i mean i'm not it's my problem i think it's everybody's problem right now it sucks but like like the, to watch people like kind of fight for something oh it's the I worst back, i just back off and go i'm not an animal like you I, know what I'm it sorry. feels like you ever go to a baseball game and there's like a foul ball and everyone's reaching for it and then one guy and they go in a fight that's how it feels like for everything at least when that moment for that ball it ends this has been going on the whole fucking time and it's it's endless man like Going to the grocery store, like you try to keep your distance from people, but I had people coming like close to me where I'm like, you got to be a team player here, man. Like you got to, you got to know we're, we're in this, like we've gone a couple of times and then it, it really, it really feels like a fucking crime scene where we wipe down everything. Yeah. We're not, we're not bringing boxes from Amazon in the house for two days now. This is, well, this is the time to kill a spouse because you got so much Clorox at home, Right. People, they're not checking in like they normally do. They're not going to the office. Like you could, if you need a, there's going to be some she good said, She crime. said she was going to quarantine. I don't understand where. <laughs> she, she was in, I think she's in the other room. Yeah, dude, this is, there's going to be some great true crime born out of the uh, quarantine. That's a big, you know, that's what they're saying. Yeah. You know, you do know that's like a huge article in the LA times the other day. Is it really? Oh yeah. That the coronavirus is going to spawn its own co- crime genre. God damn it. That's crazy. Really you is. said that. The, um. I don't, that foul ball analogy is, that is a comp, that's, that's what I love about comedy. When you take something everyone's experiencing, but you parallel it to (laughs) something everyone's experienced and go, this is what this is like. 
That's what it feels like, man. It's like, dude, you how, know, about, how about couples like, dude, I'm like in a new relationship and I'm staying with my girlfriend right now. Like this is six months. I'm staying in like, we just went from zero to fucking 380 pretty quickly. Like I, I know a guy who broke up with his girlfriend, you know, right? Like, which by the way, how fucking much do you want out of a relationship if you're ending it now? And you're willing right? to be by yourself. Exactly. Like that's, that's intense. If you're just like, yeah, it's, it's not you. Oh fuck. It's obviously you get the fuck out. I'm not, I'm not hanging out. Oh wait, it's you. It's not you. It's the virus. You have to end it because if you don't end it, you're, I mean, can you imagine how much closer one of you, like you're just doing it to have the human contact and be close to someone. But if someone else is like, by the end, they feel so close to you, you know? You have yeah. to end it because then they're, you're an even bigger asshole. If they're like, we can do anything together. And you're like, all right, now we're broken. We're breaking up. You know what oh, I mean? it's like, it's like, it's going, we uh, remember the virus. Remember when we had to lock down? You're like, oh, I was with somebody else back then. <laughs> Holy shit. The, also like the fucking catfishing going on right now. That was the other thing I was thinking about. Like, think of the epic because people are going to be falling in love over FaceTime. Or like, not FaceTime, maybe like, but like uh, even chat rooms or something like, because catfishing is still a thing right so that's like you know facebook chat or whatever like that's yeah. this is the ultimate time where people feel vulnerable dude you want to know something crazy some kids in my daughter's class catfish their teacher holy shit that is fucking mean that is, is hilarious that fucking brutal and that then is... catfished him and then uh and then shared it with everyone in the class so everyone knew and it was like i mean Kids are so much meaner now. We used to do prank calls. They're fucking catfishing people. Catfishing a teacher and be like, what are your dreams? What are your hopes? What do you want out of life? And then the kid, the guy tries to have some control in the class. And one of the kids will bring up one of his dreams or hopes. Like, oh, I want to, why don't you just be a clown? For Oh my God. But it's my daughter told me it, told me the story. And instead of using catfishing, she said blackmailing. And it was a totally different story. Oh my god! Like yeah, we're black. Someone's blackmailing our teacher. That's like, somehow even worse, dude. I I was trying to work on a bit. I never like now. It's like I miss bits so much. But I was trying to work on a bit before this about like how much meaner kids are now because you know like back in the day they were always like I used to get the shit kicked out of me and I'm like yeah well fucking I would rather get assaulted than catfished you know because like what would, uh, the angle was like what would you rather do like you know get a wedgie or take a hopeful greyhound to syracuse and be like fuck i thought you were a woman this sucks that's so much worse <laughs> do you know how many times i would have been catfished as a kid oh my god dude so i much. mean relentlessly relentlessly i was on the computer all these kids are on the computer it's like that that is i mean did, did he find out who catfished them the teacher uh school they, they have no school anymore so he has no idea what's going on at all fuck yeah it teachers are different now i remember my daughter said uh one time she's like hey I, I, I wish i could say the teacher's name because the teacher's name is perfect in this story it's just is a perfect white dude loser name and yeah. she goes hey can you get mr let's we'll call him dundledorf can you get mr dundledorf some acting work and i was like what she's like he's going through a rough spot dad by the way i was like 11 at the time and i go going through a rough spot and she's like yeah i he you know Things happen in threes. And you're like, okay, hold on. Did you talk to, like, what do you mean things happen in threes? She goes, well, I walked into class the other day early and he was crying. And I oh said to him, God. I was like, first of all, fucking walk away from that grown up. That grown up is not, she's like, he lost a friend. He's not getting the acting work that he needs. I'm like, 
just get the. You fuck should out. not know any of this. this you shouldn't know any of this. I wish I could tell you his real name because it is the perfect name for that. But it always isn't that the worst part when you're like, "Fuck, I needed that name." I, I have a new bit where like I'm I'm making fun of this magician I met, and it's like a it's a great story. It's a true story, and I had to change the name. And the real name is so much. It's always funnier, but it's legally always you can't fucking you can't be an asshole. My, my problem is I, I've been using real names my whole career because <laughs> and I just and I've never thought of changing them. And then like yesterday, even just yesterday, a girlfriend from high school texted me and was like, hey, did you talk about me on a podcast? I was like, oh, my God, I've done 3000 hours of podcasting. I have no idea what I've said. I'm certain I have. I was like, I apologize. And then immediately, I guess someone had screen grabbed it sent it to her and been like, listen, I don't know who you are. I'm a fan of uh, Tom's. I don't like Bert. And I thought, I thought I'd light him up. And I was like, light him up. I hate everyone. That's the weirdest part is that like people, I, 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 the people that dislike me, God, fuck them. man, there's the people that dislike me are such like such fucking there, man. I just got like two negative, uh, I got some guy wrote an article saying like the most offensive part of Burt Kreischer's special is the fact that he takes his shirt off. He was like, how, how are we supposed to sit through this? And I was like, I was like, why would you write an article about that? Like, just don't, just don't watch it. Like, just don't watch it. Yeah. Like, it's weird. A it's... Fucking full article about I'm disgusting. I'm 47. This is not, this is not how I'm like, how, what the fuck? And then this other guy wrote this thing that fucking sent me through the roof. I was like two things. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm not using my glasses. Now, when I look on Twitter, I just don't have my glasses on. So I kind of <laughs> barely see what they say. And if it seems positive, I retweeted it. Dude, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, we- it's weird to me when like people just kind of tear you apart in, in entire articles. Cause you're like, I see that too with like Pete Davidson getting torn apart in like a New York Times thing. And I'm like, why don't you just write like something positive about someone else? Yeah. Instead of just tearing down someone, I don't know. It's fucking. I have no idea. What am it's I talking interesting. about? But. It's interesting because I talked to Jim Norton about this. It's the difference. The difference. Uh, the the shift happens at uh, at the way you're presented to people. So, like right now, everyone that like so we'll use this side of the fence versus this side of the fence, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, everyone that's meeting you is on this side of the fence. They're presented you in a positive way they can either take it or leave it it's it's hey uh what's this special on youtube oh interesting oh what's this oh right. interesting. they're finding you oh Bert, uh, he's been on burst podcast so it's this is interesting right and this is all people's options they're they're getting to choose whether or not you're in their life and they're choosing to have you in their life so you you'll never fail on this side of the fence what happens is and this is pete's place is he's thrust in front of people so right. in a weird way people it's like uh, people get an opportunity to be like Caesar and give them the thumbs up and thumbs down. It was the difference of like when I did a Showtime special, I did I did it shirtless, obviously, and then and I remember them saying it's a bad idea. I don't think people are going to watch it. And I went, well, that's how I do stand up. And they're like, well, I think you're going to get a lot of people that'll change the channel. And that was true. As a matter of fact, everyone changed the channel. It was the lowest rated special they did that year. It was the lowest rated special. And then I put those same jokes on the internet and they went viral. And the difference was when you're sitting with that remote control in your hand, like Caesar, and you see something that, that, the, that, that big, big television presents to you going, this is good. 
you then go, whoa, 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 fuck you. You don't know what you're doing. Click, fuck you. But when you're in front of the computer and the onus is on you to discover your entertainment and you see a shirtless guy and you go, what the fuck is that? And you click on it, then you've made that decision. So you have more of an ownership to stay connected to that decision. That's a great point. And not only that, but I think people, when they discover something, they feel an extra special connection. Whereas like, you know, when I post about my special, I say, no one made an offer on this. I've self-produced it. I self-paid it. It gets way more retweets when I say that, as opposed to just being like, here's my new special. Because they were like, like, oh, we're connected to this. This is like an underdog story. This is a guy who bet on himself, you know? So, so when, they, when they feel like they're a part of helping you succeed, they like that. And I'm sure if I get anywhere, the way down is going to be fucking painful and brutal. But the way up, people want to feel a part of helping you know yeah and i i think that that's it's in right now it's you know i i was under the impression that like uh, cancel culture had disappeared but it (laughs) hasn't it just it just has it's morphed itself into a more puritanical place where it's like yo if you're not if you're not dealing with like what everyone's dealing with right now yeah we're ready to light you the fuck up right and it's and it's i think it's more coalesced us like cancel culture now with that did you get what was that kid's name the kid from fucking he's a wannabe rapper from ohio who's the spring break face of spring break his name's like like, dude the best when we talk about our real names the best name i think his name's chad slunder slunder (laughs) is his name he's the kid's like yo it's uh spring break i'm gonna party i got all my boys here i've been waiting all month for this slunder his last name's slunder slunder what a great fucking loser name slunder but you see i'm jumping on cancel culture now because i watched him go down and spread the coronavirus with all those kids yeah those are the same people that would raw dog it if they had herpes and they wouldn't tell you they yeah. go no this is my night i'm getting i had a girl i i'm not gonna say i don't know her name i don't know her name let's just say i don't know her name <laughs> i knew a girl i know a girl who has herpes mm-hmm. who um who fucked a male model and like he was gorgeous. And she said, and I said, wow, did you tell him you had herpes? She's like no fucking way was I letting this one go. And I went, interesting. <laughs> By the way, you know, this chick too. And so, and so, uh, but like I, I, that's, and so all of a sudden I was joined in with this, with America of like going like, fuck this kid, fuck this kid. And right. I'm so nor- not normally that kid. Like, I'm not that guy. When the, when the, um, I was about to go, oh, but the fucking Native Americans chanted in front of the, the, uh, kid. by the way, I'm like, I, I'm speaking like my daughter. Oh, yeah. The Trump, the Trump thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The, yeah. the MAGA kids. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's also like in a weird way now, it feels like the cancel culture is a little bit more like, you're being a fucking idiot. Like as long as they don't ruin, I don't like the idea of like ruining lives, especially young people as stupid as they are. But yeah. like there is a, there is a coming together now, I think more than ever. Uh, when, when people are like, no, be safe. You're being like, when it's over a word, it's fuck. It's just, I think it shows how stupid it is when people get mad over a joke, as opposed to being like, these people are general, they are adding to the danger that we're all in when they're being idiots yeah. and going out and partying. And it's like, I get it. You worked hard. School sucks. You, you deserve to party, but just fucking put it off a little while, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's selfishness. It's selfishness. And it's, but I, I will say this, it's funny that the old people, like the really old people, you know, who grew up in like the sixties are, who are like, who are like these piece of shit kids. And you're like, 
Yeah, but you would have been doing the same shit at Woodstock. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? If there was a fucking flu, you got you guys would have been falling in and out of vaginas. You know? Oh, so, I, I, dude, I, I definitely. If I was, if I was twenty-two years old, I probably would have been a spring break. I, <laughs> but we can still be mad because you know, yeah, a lot of the people. It hopefully cancel culture at least unifies us as opposed to just like try. I don't. I'm not in it to destroy people. I'm in it to be like. No, stop being a fucking idiot. Go home and, you know, fucking jerk off over FaceTime to these chicks. Don't fucking, you don't have to drink, get fucked up, but just do it at home and, you know, develop some creepy ass connections to people over the internet. I I was in the shower today and I was thinking, I wonder what kids at Florida State are doing. Because I definitely would not have isolated at Florida State. I would have been like, well, just go to the fraternity house. I'll just go like, I'll do like socials, but I'm not going to go like formals. Like, you know, like. I definitely would not have had any social conscience about this disease at all. I would have, I would have definitely, I think now that I'm older and I have a little more, I haven't, by the way, I haven't drank in like, I might take that back. I drank with Rogan a week ago, but yeah. having said that, I didn't drink I, my total not, days sober on quarantine. I have an app that, uh, wow. I did an app. It's, it's for like Alcoholics Anonymous, but <laughs> it's, uh, I haven't drank for 16. I, 15 days, one hour, 34 minutes and 20 seconds. You ready? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have saved $960 on alcohol, which is kind of not really accurate because I haven't paid for booze in like 15 years. Um, but more importantly, I've saved 80 hours not drinking. That's the thing. Is like I took, a, I took a weed gummy. I don't really smoke or anything, but I took a weed gummy and holy shit. The day after you smoke a lot of weed, you feel amazing because you sleep, as opposed to the day after a hangover when I want to fucking kill myself. Oh, I don't want to be hungover. I don't want to be hungover during this time because I'm too negative. You watch the news and it's like, dude, the president is like talking about his ratings. You're like, you couldn't write a more fucking insane character where he's like, I got this many ratings. And you're like, there's 3,000 people and counting dead. And you're talking about how many people are watching you. It's an, it's like insane. I've tapped off of the news. I can't watch the news. The news fucking spins me out. I, I go tap to- out after dinner. Like I, no, none, nothing after dinner. Because <laughs> I need to be able to sleep. But like before dinner, I'm fucking, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm reading. Trump is a fucking insane person. He is a legit <laughs> insane person. And I, this is another bit I was working on before. I fucking miss stand-up so much. But I had a thing about like how we but choosing between Trump and Biden. It's like choosing between like a drunk driver and a guy who keeps falling asleep at the wheel. You know what I mean? <laughs> like one of them is like, like he's fucking always drunk. And the other one, you're like, he's trying. He's, he's really trying. trying. But goddamn. Rogan said Biden's going to get eaten alive if he runs against Trump. He's crushing him in the swing states right now. But I don't trust any data, man. I just don't trust. Uh, I mean, they all said Hillary was going to crush him. So like... Yeah. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, it's going to be... I know I, I know that Rogan was hardcore for Bernie, which, uh, you know, shit, man. Bernie's the only one who doesn't have, like, sexual misconduct allegations. You got to give him that. Yeah, but, you know, Bernie, I think the thing that fucked Bernie in this was that right now everyone's like, hey, let's not switch it up now. Let's just get through this. Yeah, but that's how, they always, that's how the Democrats <laughs> always are. They act like they're the party of progress and change, but it's like, you guys are just as stiff as the conservatives. You guys don't, I mean... Have you been drinking? No, I've been... I mean, I have like... Uh, I have a bottle of bourbon and a bottle of sake in the fridge. Sometimes I like, I like to get... I, I love a good sake drunk. I love a good wine drunk. 
But uh, I've been good because I'm staying with someone who doesn't drink. Taylor doesn't drink ever. She's never drank. So never drank. I, that's, because, because she's because part of Taylor is so broken about drinking. She goes, she goes, she the first we're, we used to tour together. Everyone knows that I know Taylor very well, and so she she used to. She said one time, "I want to drink, but." I, I think the only time that I ever want to drink is when I'm by myself in my hotel room and I have nothing to do. And I was like, those are the worst times. To that's, drink. You're, that's you're going to start as Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas. That's not how you start <laughs> drinking. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think she knows that she would probably have a problem with it. So that's great. But uh, yeah, man, can you imagine if she just started and was the worst alcoholic ever and I was stuck with her right now? That'd be the worst shit ever. She's in a weed. She's got she's got a ton of weed. She got a ton of like gummies and shit like that. And so what so you guys eat it? Do you guys do a gummy like every night or every other night? She she'll do it more than I do. I I freak out on weed. I'm like I I'm alcohol, I fucking I love drinking, whereas opposed to like with alcohol, I feel like it quiets the voices in my head where weed just fucking every voice is like, you're fucking, you're not funny, you're weird looking. This was not funny that you did. But like alcohol is just like it just numbs every every voice is positive. Every voice is like you're doing great, buddy. Alcohol, alcohol, yeah. Alcohol quiets them, and then we just hands the microphones. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> he hasn't heard from you in a while. I think he'd like to speak up. I was doing when I was doing Rogan. I I forget what he said. This is like me on weed. Is I we get there and we have a drink, and then we each smoked our own joint, and then Jesus. he said something, and I went and I. I received it very wrong and I got in my head about it and I went, Oh, this is marijuana. Like this is what marijuana does is it, it makes you second guess everything good about yourself. Yes. yes. Like that, I, that's what it does to me. Yeah. And I was like, wait, why would, why would I like, why would I do a drug that allowed this thought process? Like this is the, this is everything we hate about ourselves already. Like dude, Taylor kept saying to me last night, I was like, I'm freaking out a little bit. And she goes, she goes, are you fighting it? And I'm like, the freak out? Yeah, I'm fighting fucking, I'm fighting feeling these things. She's like, no, you just have to think about your body. And I'm like, oh, this drug is not for me. You have to think how it makes your body oh. tingle. I'm like, what? Wait, explain that again. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I don't know what that means. I, I'm not, like, I don't, like, if you love pot, that's great. I'll do it occasionally to sleep because it just makes me sleepy. But like, no, dude, I freak out on it. I, I don't, I don't take it well. I have these, uh, these Petra pills. They're yeah. uh, little mints. And they're 2.5 milligrams. And I was, I've been toying with eating one every night. Every night I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat one and relax. You don't? Well, I don't because I go, I, I have a weird thing about sobriety where I go, like, I, I would really enjoy Xanax way more, like way more. Like Xanax is so much fun because it shuts my brain down. I don't think about anything. I go, this is what normal people must feel like. Um, but then I go, well, I don't want to feel dragging the next day i'd rather get up and get on the treadmill work out get some shit done right um i'm trying to do a script right now and then nice. write a few jokes i literally have like a corona notebook and then my old notebook <laughs> and so my my only jokes i've written uh, on corona my corona jokes are um they're all about my daughters because i'm just with my daughters nonstop. and so i'm and, and then i'm like ugh, like i want i want to write i've got a great joke about I've got, still got an hour. I got a brand new hour that I just been touring with. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't know. I kind of want to go do some, and it's, I want to do some clubs, like, like right, right when they open the floodgates and they're like, hey, uh, that'll, the, we'll, I'll tell you what, 
our canary in the mine. I know that's that wrong analogy. Our canary in the mine is it sounds um, like an old film noir. The canary in the mine here, kid, is the NFL. NFL. Uh, Why is that? That's because if they start preseason, that means they're going to play. If they Major League Baseball, NFL, Major League Baseball plays some games, they'll have no audience at all. By the way, I'm just parroting what my agent said to me. But um, but once they start having uh having games again and they start setting up games, that's when we're our green light will be able to go and do stand up. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, it's so do once the NBA shut down, so I'm such a big basketball head, man. I mean, once that shut down, I was like, oh my, I could not believe it. When they said the NBA season is suspended, I'm like, oh, we've believe. never, we have never, that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh, we've never lived through anything like this ever. No, nothing. It's fucking crazy. I was and at the last Knicks game where they beat the Rockets. Oh, dude, I, the Knicks are killing me lately. Because the, the fuck Spike Lee getting that thing that that I was at that me. game. I was at that, that game. Was, that broke me, dude. Really? I'm such a Knicks fan, but that just you can't disrespect Spike Lee. Are you not a fan of James Dolan? I'm not a fan of how he treats uh, Charles Oakley or Spike Lee. Oakley yeah. is my Oakley is one of the coolest dudes to me of all. Like the '90s Knicks have given me more joy than any almost anything in the world, and they never even won. It was just about how they fucking went about business, dude. Like Oakley and Mason and, and Patrick Ewing's my favorite player of all time. But yeah. John Starks, man, like those guys were like, God, they just were, they fucked you up. Like Jordan won, but he, they bloodied them, man. They, they never got through us easy. We played with heart and pride. I was watching the game the other day on NBA TV where Jordan dropped 55 on us. We almost won. Like we, the Knicks always, now it's like not even. I, Brian Koppelman, the, the guy who makes billions, he's a great guy, and he, uh, he wrote an amazing obituary on Anthony Mason where he basically said, you know, Mason played like he cared about the city. And I was like, fuck, that's so true. He, he, like, I remember Oakley, when I was a kid, would dive into the stands for every loose ball. Like, players just don't give a shit like that anymore. A lot of, yeah. Some of them do, but like, not in New York. And, and Oakley just, he would put his body on the line every fucking game. And we were so proud of that team. And it's just been, dude, it's 20 years of losing. We had like one good year in 2012, but like it's been pretty much 20 years of losing. By the way, Spike played that perfectly. He's like, I'm done going to Knicks games. And then they canceled the season like the next week. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant. I wonder if he regrets it now. No, because he fucking was right. You don't, dude, you James, can't disrespect James Harden. James Harden's a fucking baller. He's amazing. I didn't, re- I didn't realize that at all. Like, oh, dude, he's the best scorer in the game. There's not even, right now, I think you can't. He's the hardest cover. In the, even Giannis, who doesn't like him, because they, they kind of beef with each other. Like James Harden. What do you mean say, they beef with each other? Well, like they, that's what I love about the new NBA is they just talk shit on social media the way like a comic would. It's fucking hilarious. So, so Giannis, who's the man, is, he's the MVP. You know, he's gonna, he would have been the MVP again this year. But he said, you know, James Harden said, yeah, I'd love to be uh, that tall and just be able to dunk it every time. And, and Giannis like, fuck you, dude. I can, do, I can do everything. I'm also like the best defender. Like he does everything. So he's like, fuck yeah. you. And then they kind of go back and forth and trash each other. And uh, Harden is notorious for not playing defense. <laughs> so, and he's also notorious for just traveling. Like he always takes like four steps on layups and they just never call it. It's weird how he gets away with it. But yeah, dude, he's... Even Giannis later was like, they asked him, who's the hardest guy for you to cover in the NBA? And he said, not even a question, James Harden. So it's like, they, they shit on each other, but they still show love. It's pretty cool. Segura told me there is a website. 
that shows a direct correlation between James Harden's highest scoring games and the strip clubs in that city. Dude, he fucking, it's true. He, for whatever reason, like they retired his jersey at a Houston strip club. Like, like they do in <laughs> arenas. They retired, they retired his fucking jersey. Harden also like, yeah, he's like the only guy who didn't get fucked by the Kardashian curse. He fucked Chloe and was like, fine. Every other player, really? his dick is like, it's the only one that can like handle like the evil of a Kardashian. It put Odom into like a coma. You know, it fucking... Yeah, oh, poor fucking Lamar Odom. It, Dude, Lamar Odom is one of my favorite players of all time, too. It sucks. Fucking the coolest. Like, really was one of the coolest... Fucking, dude. Th- see, that, that's what I was telling my buddy Stavros is like, we're talking... We talk hoops like on a... We do a basketball podcast every week and we're just like talking hoops and we're just saying like, how could this year get darker? We lost like the NBA commissioner. We lost fucking Kobe. And then like, we lost basketball. It's over, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This was our escape. I know there's bigger things in basketball. There's hospitals. There's, you know, but like this was our escape from the madness is watching basketball. So it sucks that it's gone. It's kind of crazy that like, uh, that like guys like uh, LeBron James are like, I'm not playing without an audience. I'm not playing without a crowd. And then you go, I wonder if he changes tune now that he knows what's going on. Or he's like, Probably. oh yeah, maybe, you know what? Maybe this, if this does give people an escape, this is what I should do. Yeah, it's just so weird. It's like, can you imagine no crowd? It's so fucking weird to imagine a playoff game with no audience. Yeah, I can't imagine. Do you think, do you think you'd get along with, uh, with LeBron? Probably because I'd be hard. I'd just be kissing his ass the whole time. So he'd be like, oh, this guy's all right. You know, I'd probably just be like, tell me about this. I'd be like Chris Farley in that sketch. We'd be like, remember that time when you did this? That's, <laughs> so, dude, I just, I think LeBron's the man. Like, I, I fucking loved him in Trainwreck. I, lo- I, I think LeBron is fucking funny. Great in Trainwreck. I, I just like LeBron. I just, I, and then he's also 36 or 35 and still maybe the best it's crazy he's fucking ridiculous i i love lebron dude yeah yeah i would i would i would fucking <laughs> i would be easy to get along with with lebron he's who, fucking who, if you could get it if you could make a friendship with one professional basketball player where you guys became like legit friends the way like chris uh chris porter and kid rock are <laughs> or chris porter and fucking uh chris porter's friends with like so many fucking rock stars. Really? He's friends, oh, he's friends with. Uh, I don't know Black Chris. Oh, he's fucking funny. I don't. I don't know. He's fucking hilarious. I, I really good like friends his with. Yeah. He's good friends with uh, the lead singer of the Black Crows and Kid Rock. Like they're, he's legit good friends with both of them. Hilarious. Any NBA? I mean, it's hard not to say Jordan, just because I feel like that would give me access to everything. Like yeah. if you roll with Jordan, no one will say no to you ever. Although it I hear be, Jordan is kind of a be, dick. And he would be exhausting. Yeah, his ego is too big. I mean, Barkley couldn't handle a friendship with him because his ego was too big. Uh, I loved. I okay. Barkley might be it. Mine's Shaq. Shaq is fucking awesome, dude. So my buddy Adam Glenn, he's a TMZ guy. He's legitimately tight with Shaq. Like they're friends. Really? He he, Shaq invites him to. Once Shaq likes you, you're just he's just cool. So he said Shaq would just invite him to everything. Fucking invites him to everything and like. God damn, dude. He sounds like the best fucking guy. I don't know. Shaq was Shaq was always the man. I would love to be friends with Shaq. I would love to be friends with Shaq. I would like to be friends with like maybe Giannis right now because I feel like our friendship could I could maybe parlay that with him signing with uh parlay that into him signing with the Knicks 
in free agency at some point where I'm like, dude, New York's where it's happening, man. Like, I feel like I could be that friend to Giannis. So maybe I say Giannis. Get into stand-up. Get into stand-up. We'll get you on stage. Dude, dude. Uh, Blake Griffin. <laughs> but he's pretty, he's pretty funny. He's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got, actually, he's, he's a, a better good, actor he's than I actor. am. He's a good, a better actor than I am. He's yeah. a better actor than I am. But I just, the thing, the thing that, you know, the, the thing that, that aggravated me. See, I was at, I think I was at uh, Montreal when he first started doing stand up and like he was at Montreal. It, there's no, like, he doesn't, res- this is going to come out real shitty. Okay. He doesn't respect, he'll never be able to respect what he's doing because there's no equivalent. I couldn't just go into the NBA and then all of a sudden take his job from him. That would be so cool if you could, though. If you and, just like, what if you and, just like, what if you just became like the fifth guy in the Knicks? And I'm like, God damn it, Bert, you couldn't. Like, we're yeah. fucking, we're supposed to be winning this year. What if, what if, like, like the 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 analogy for him and for him to wrap his head around was: imagine if I just went on to the floor at the fucking Staples Center and then had a Clipper. I don't even know who he plays for anymore, but had a Clippers jersey Pistons. on. He plays the in Detroit Pistons. now. I put out a Pistons jersey on. You could probably make the Pistons right now. They're fucking garbage. And then I just ripped it off. The crowd yeah. went fucking nuts. And everyone stopped paying attention to how many points he was scoring. And then they were like, dude, did you see Burke Kreischer on the court? And you're like, and he was like, hey, I scored like 45 points. I'm like, no, no, no. I get it. I know. I know you play basketball. It's really cool. But Burke Kreischer plays basketball. And you're like, hold on. Yeah, but I won but the game. I'll say this like, about Blake, dude. I think he respects it. Like I, I heard him on a basketball podcast just praising stand-ups and how I'm hard sure he it does. Is. I'm and, sure he does, but he'll never experience what it's like to be a professional comedian and then have a guy sure. just come in and steal everyone's thunder and 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 then be a not like I'm not being trying to be shitty, but being oblivious to the fact. And then by the way, having certain comics go like like uh like uh jock hustle him, like be like Blake Griffin's the greatest, and you're like now I don't respect you. Like, like, <laughs> well, I'm not saying he's fucking George Carlin. I'm saying, no, 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 no. But like, there, I remember, I remember when he went out there, there was like a couple of comedians that were like, that were like all over him. And I was like, yeah, I get it. But that's like, well, that's, I'm all over basketball, Blake. I'm not over all over comedy, Blake. I just want to hear him talk hoops. Cause I, I want to hear yeah. stories, you know, he's, but, he's uh, a fantastic basketball player and he's not, a, he seems like an not a bad guy. And he was, he was, he's actually a month. You're right. He is a better actor than I am definitely a better actor. Me too. Same. He, he yeah. But I remember being at that Montreal where he just showed up and he was like the star of Montreal. And I was like, Hey man, how about you just go hang out in your mansion and let us do what we do? I remember I'll feeling that so way. He took a picture with every fucking comic who asked. I was like, that's really? kind of cool. Yeah. I don't, maybe I'm fucking off. <laughs> I'm sure I am. I'm, I, I, there's, I have such rules in my head about certain things that I like, get it, dude, dude, believe me, I'm fucking, I'm st- I'm this quarantine. I really wanted a new fucking hour. I, I feel like I was almost there and I was, I, I just want to be putting shit out. I feel like that's the only way to take control back. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, man. I just want to fucking, I just want to step up. By the way, I want to record. I feel like recording the hour that I ju- was just doing at theaters. I want to record that and put it on YouTube and just go new hour. Like I'm fucking really. Yeah. Like I, cause I, I had a, I had a new hour that I was really happy with. And I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can waste this much time, go back to that. Like maybe, right. maybe it's just part of the thing where it's like what I would have done in the past was where I just shimmy it out and like almost shake it out like a gold panner and take the stuff that I really liked and write new stuff around it. I mean, all the jokes I have are fucking suck right now. 
it's tough right now I, and, and like we're all we're, it's weird we're all in the same boat that's the weirdest part is like david tell called me the other day and he was just saying like it's not like you know we talk about like we make fun of writing job comics sometimes because they they take a break and they come back weaker and i was telling that to him and he said yeah we're all in the same boat now and i was like shit he's right you know it's gonna there will be a quickening of shit comics getting whittled out maybe yeah but i mean i mean just no just financially just financially oh yeah guys there will be guys who like there's one guy um there's one guy i was there's one guy that i was i've been watching a lot of i can't help it i'll i'll text it i'll text it i'll text you his name right now yeah but i can't really see this is why i can't smoke weed because it makes me think i'm like one of those guys who people are like get rid of this guy (laughs) you you might (laughs) not even you might not even know this guy i probably if it's an la person i probably don't know him you don't you then you wouldn't know him i'm gonna text you his name his uh but like you might know him because you might know him for other reasons but uh i i you you don't no Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you off okay. air. Okay. I want to hear. Um, but like, I, there's just financially, there are going to be comics that. Uh, look, here's the truth: is that when we go back, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Live Nation and AEG are already kind of pulling dates from some comics, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's say there were a hundred theater shows that could have happened. Well, there's four hundred comics that could do theaters that are going to need to do theaters because they haven't had any income. So automatically, if you're not in that top quarter of that 400, you're not getting those theater dates through Live Nation and AEG. That's just there, right? Mm-hmm. So then now cut to those other 300 comics still need to pay bills. So they're going to all take up all the Irvine Improv, Tempe Improv, Stand Up right. Live. They're going to be doing those weekends. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like a like a, a reset button for the industry, not based on anything more than our economy does not have that much money to go around, I believe. So the comics that are, that will, it's, there are going to be comics that were headlining that won't headline anymore and they'll go back to featuring. And then there'll, the people there, it'll just shave out. You're going to see a lot of local comedy scenes die, just die. A lot of clubs and restaurants are going to, are not going to make it. Yeah. It's fucking sad. You hope the good ones. You think what, how many clubs do you think are going to survive in New York? You think all the clubs will survive in New York? I don't know. I think about I think about some of the rents, like Caroline's in Times Square. That rent must be just stupid. It must cost so much. It's massive. I, I don't know. I, I hope they all make it. I, that would be hard. I hope they all thing. make it because. But I think that's where it comes down on on us of, of like going like. I keep saying this, and I, I mean I'm I'm not reflective of this in that in that the dates I have booked out have booked every fucking date out. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to when things open up is go all right. So you do. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and say Texas, uh, doing you know San Antonio dot dot dot, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, stay on the road. Look, I've spent fucking ten weeks with my family. I'm good. Stay on the road, yeah, and do club night Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Help kind of boost that club, Smart. Yeah. get everyone back on their feet. Do low ticket price so everyone can come, buy drinks, have a good time, tip out your wait staff. I don't like the for me. It's about writing material. I don't you know I do that for free in in the if I can walk with tw- literally like 1200 bucks cash, right? 1200 bucks cash of like, meaning you do $10 tickets, right? Something cheap, by the way, don't hold me to this. Cause I'm not going to fucking 
Like, let's just, we're just talking out loud. A lot, a lot of emails are being sent to your agency right now. Yeah, but like find a way to do that where you can boost yeah. the local economies of these clubs that have been so good to us for all the years. But then yeah. so if we're doing that on the on the road level, there that needs to be happening in the club level. So guys like guys like big names like Sandler and, and Spade and Norm, they should be flooding all these lo- the improvs and really just boosting comedy back up to here. Because I yeah. think... And I think they will. I know. I know Norman Dave Dave Spade will. But I hope like Sandler and like big names, Kevin sure. James, come out and do these clubs to kind of get people back out. But it's going to be a long fucking process. Yeah, dude. It's fucking. It's it's scary. I'm just trying to like. That's the thing is like sometimes you feel guilty just giving into these escapes. Like where you're like, I'm just going to watch fucking ten episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or something, and you're like, then now you feel guilty. It's like. It's like, it's like now watching that is like the same as like jacking off like at 2 p.m. on like a work day or something where you're like, fuck, that was, I should have been working. I should have been doing something productive. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta escape because it feels bleak. I was reading this article about how we're just all grieving right now. So you go through those stages of sadness and anger and then bargaining. So you're like, you're like, fuck, this is bullshit. I'm losing all this work and fuck, I'm angry at these kids for, the spring break and then you're sad and you're like, fuck, is my mom going to die? Is fucking, you know, is that, is, is something going to like, you know, I don't think so. She's healthy and she's smart about this stuff. And then you're like, all right, fuck is, then you start bargaining. You're like, well, I'll trade you like a third cousin for like (laughs) all my tour dates back or something. I don't know. But you know what I mean? You're like thinking, what can I do? You wish that you and Taylor were stuck in New York instead. No, because I live in a studio. So like, th- like I, I miss New York, but also New York's getting hits. Th- that's the hard thing for me as a New Yorker. I'm a native New Yorker. So it's, I feel like a traitor. I've been there for 9-11. I'm, it's like you feel like part of the city when you, you want to be there for the bad. New York is like a marriage. Like I want to be there for the bad shit. Yeah. I want to be there for everything. So it's tough. But I live in a studio and she lives in a two bedroom out here. So it's, this is, I mean, dude, if this were my apartment, you'd see her fucking head in the corner at like a laptop right now. So, you know. Yeah. trying to just zone out. So yeah, this is this is better for me. It's better for her. It's probably just better for us not killing each other. It's definitely better for Taylor. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I I don't I can't see Taylor Taylor like when her special was coming out, she was putting all these like uh all these great positive things and then like no, I think it's right when the quarantine. And then one day she was like, "Hey, just a heads up. It's not all fucking sunshine, rainbows and 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 butt cheeks around here. There's assholes <laughs> and balls too. It sucks." Yeah. And I was like, She's been super honest about all the shit she's gone through. So I'm, I think yeah. it's better for both you guys to both be out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like every once in a while, like you got to just pick your battles, man. Like, I mean, we were arguing about like, <laughs> we were arguing about like Hanukkah and Christmas the other day. And I'm like, let's save our religions till like day 60. Like, why are we doing this <laughs> shit? Like in two weeks in, like, just pick your battles, man. Like, so little this things like, but do you know what I mean? Where you like argue with like, maybe you talk to Leanne sometimes where you're like, you say something and you're just like, and, and one of you is like, what do you say? And you're like, are we doing that? Like, just fucking let it go. We got to We got to be on the same team for this shit. Um, so I love yesterday we're driving down and uh, there's a, there's a, a temple right by Chandler Boulevard. And yeah. there was a big congregation of, of Jews on the corner and all just kind of standing on the corner. Like, like a couple different families and Isla just goes, ugh. And I go, I go, 
Jews? And she goes, no, they're not social distancing that. And uh, I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> that's a bit. Fuck, that's I, yeah, a fucking I, bit. Immediately I was like, that's all my bets are about Isla. Isla the other day, for some reason, Georgia has kind of isolated herself in her bedroom <laughs> and she's talking with her friends. But Isla, for whatever reason, is just leaned into best buddy time with me. The other day, she was, she, I don't know what analogy she was trying to say. Yeah. She said, she goes, you know, you know what they say, dad, you can't get someone pregnant twice. And I go, no, you definitely can. Like, that's how we have you and your sister. That's, you definitely can get someone pregnant twice. She goes, no, I mean, you can't get someone unpregnant. I go, no, you can do that too. I like you can, <laughs> both of them. one's called an abortion and one's called two children. She goes, well, yeah. what am I trying to say? I go, I have no idea what you're trying to say. She was like, well, you can't, you know what I mean? And I was like, I have, you're the one that started this. So yeah, all <laughs> that's my so are fucking. That, those are both bits. Those are both. I mean, the, the thing about the you going Jews is so funny to me too. She's Jews. Like, oh, <laughs> Jews. <laughs> the, remember Hannibal Burrs used to have this great bit where he he didn't know what Orthodox Jews were. So when he first moved to New York City, he'd be like, "Why do all these Amish guys have blackberries?" <laughs> <laughs> that always killed me, dude. That uh, it's so. It's such a fucking, that's the thing. It's like, we just need bits. And then you worry like, fuck, are, are late night hosts and everyone going to ruin coronavirus material the way like Trump material has been ruined? Because I feel like Trump jokes are like, it's such madness with like the, the setup of Trump doing something crazy makes it so that you can't do a good enough turn for the punchline. Dude, the, uh, so the, one of the first two jokes I had, and by the way, what sucks is when you have a great joke that opens you into it like that uh, the the bit that you really want to tell but you yeah, couldn't yeah. tell the other bit because it just seemed too aggressive but with the lead in it worked yeah. um uh i'm gonna say like was it february probably february no 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 probably in january right when the beginning of this coronavirus started the noise of it where people are like hearing stuff about it christina pajinski uh, tom's wife yeah texted leanne my wife with the now the link that everyone knows uh hey super scary coronavirus is in woodland hills by georgia school you might want to check this link you click it and it's that big black guy naked and Hilarious. that's the right so this is before yeah. anyone knew about anyone knew about that that prank i was yeah. telling a bit about leanne it's very this 100 percent true leanne uh uh didn't even read it just co copied and pasted it and sent it to 50 moms and to both my daughters, and just said, we're getting on a plane. Check this out, guys. Just heads up. And so sent that prank to, like, and I, the joke was, that's how you know who's cool and who's not cool, is when you get your text replies, and it's people writing, uh, oh, hope that doesn't hit my house. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. sure that's the coronavirus? I, I think I had that in college. And so, <laughs> but it was, like, such a great bit, and now you know everyone's going to have a big black dude dick joke about yeah being pranked and and so you just now i gotta just skinny it up to just the hope this doesn't hit my house uh yeah. had that in college something else and then get into my joke about my daughter seeing my dick santino had a funny tweet about it uh about how like uh how did this spread so quickly the coronavirus he's like think about how many people you sent that picture of the guy with the big dick to it's like that's yeah. how it spread i was like fuck that's pretty good uh, i saw something he did the other day about toilet papering people's houses yeah and I was like, he was like, uh, I, I don't know, whatever it was, but it's like, wow, that is going to seem super gluttonous to TP someone's house now. That's so true. Fuck. That's so true. Yeah. Everything's like, even giving someone a hug now is like, it feels crazy. Like, 
are we going to hug people again? It's so I could be cool. Such, with, I could be cool with never shaking hands again. Yeah, I'm cool. I, I didn't. I didn't like doing it to begin with. I would get annoyed when people would get weird about germs with me. I'd be like, I don't want to fuck. I'll do a fist bump. Like, why do we have to fucking? I don't know. I, I, well, I here's the thing. If you're gonna put this in perspective, I shake hands and touch probably fifteen hundred people a weekend. That's insane. And I never get sick. So like, that's like that's just real math out there. As like, you never get sick and you drink. That's fucking never, crazy. Never get sick. Never get sick. But like, I also, I also argue in, inaccurately that I have this Mickey Mantle gene and I'm a little bit different than everyone else because Isla was the one. Isla, when I was in Boston, Isla called me and she said, hey, I'm really worried about this coronavirus. Can you just not do your meet and greets and not go to bars? And I was like, that's not going to fucking happen. And then <laughs> come like two days later, I was like, man, maybe she's on to something. Yeah. Because you start going like, and 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 I, that was at the time when people were like, "Hey, man, good to see you." And you're like, "Yeah, let's not shake hands." I'm like, "Oh, shut the fuck up and shake my fucking hand." And you're I like, "No." I think I definitely I did Dennis Miller show uh, like the day before it got serious, and he was like, "Ah, it's not." <laughs> it's like he's like, "Oh, no shaking hands." He was kind of like joking about it, and I was like, "No, I think the serious." Like same, I did Rich Eisen that week too, and he was kind of like, "Oh, you're doing like a Howie Mandel thing," and I was just like, "I mean, shit, we all." I mean, he kind of got it more, but he was like. We all, I mean, we all made fun of those guys, but we made yeah. fun of Howie, but he fuck it. He might've been, we might look back like Howie was ahead of his time. He knew what the fuck he was doing. He hasn't changed anything in his lifestyle. He's just doing the exact same. It, it might've gotten better for him. Yeah. Like how cool is that? Is that we caught up to him? <sighs> Fucking Howie, man. I, it, that's the thing is, uh, yeah, he. He seems like he called. I remember I he gave me a fist bump at one point. I was like, "This is weird." Have but you ever seen, have you ever seen Rob Schneider? I think it's Rob Schneider. I hope I'm not fucking this up, but Rob Schneider, fucking, and I like Rob Schneider a lot. Like I like him a lot. Uh, like genuinely, genuinely enjoy Rob Schneider. Yeah, come on, you're. I thought she was like, "I'm naked. Can I come out now?" <laughs> um, what's up? Oh, did you put hair and makeup oh, on? I can't hear. I didn't realize it was in your headphones. Did you put hair and makeup on? I just had a Zoom meeting with Netflix. So oh, really? I, it's not for you. Whoa. <laughs> Definitely not for me. It's been a while. You kept Bert. your pajama pants on, but you... <laughs> 100%. I had to find... This is the room with the best lighting, and I selflessly uh, yielded it to Sam and then remembered that I had a Netflix meeting and uh, very quickly had to improvise. This is more important, man. Bert. Bert yeah. takes precedent. Yeah. Was it a good meeting? Are you happy? It was a good meeting. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like nothing is... You always feel like nothing's going to happen, just in general. And then, like, right now, during all this, you're like, is it... Are we Are we still pretending that show business is real? Like, are we... Do we still have jobs? I don't know. I'm writing a script right now. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, What's the script? Can you say what it's about? Yeah. I, I talked about it on... Uh, I talked about it on Two Bears, One Cave. It's a... It's a movie for me and Tom, uh, co-starring Johnny Depp. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. The uh, we um, we we book Pirates of the Caribbean seven, and we meet Johnny Depp. In uh, we have a scene with him where we're floating in the water. The movie opens with me telling Johnny Depp the machine story, like I'm finishing the machine story, and Johnny Depp's like, "This guy's amazing," and Tom's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and so we become friends with Johnny Depp over the course of a day. We party with him. 
and he buys uh, an old uh, vintage car and asks Tom and I to drive it across country. And so Tom and I drive a car across country and collect uh, items that Johnny gives us a list of, and we collect these items across the road trip. It's like it's like a it's like a it's it's really like stir crazy if you ask me. But it's like yeah. it's like Tommy Boy. Uh, trains, planes, and automobiles. It's a road trip. Movie. Buddy comedy. I'm trying to get her to watch Midnight Run. That's next on my list. Oh my god! Yeah. So fucking good. So good. And so then we get to the LA to only find out that it's a human sacrifice and they're murdering me. Wow. Yeah. Well, I haven't figured out the end yet, but but uh, <laughs> but it's funny. You start writing a script and you start like, I found a way to turn it into moment memento, and a little <laughs> bit into uh, a little bit into memento meets. Uh, Meets Kaiser Soze, uh, usual yes. suspects. And it's like, it's just little things where you go, oh, I can do this. Oh, shit. So it's, and then, and then oddly enough, I took that road trip from New Orleans to LA in the bus. And so I kind of have some things to do along the way. But, and then Tom will be like, he's like, hey, if we can stop in San Antonio and I get into a backyard fight with some cholos, like, it's like, like those Kimbo slice fights, that would be great. Yes. I'm like, oh, great. I'll write it. So, uh, <laughs> So I'm doing that. I'm trying to lose that weight. That is the best genre. The buddy, like the buddy oh. comedy road trip genre. It's like my favorite. Like we just watched Beverly Hills Cop. She'd never seen that. That's That holds up hard. Eddie Murphy is fucking holds 23 except, in it, dude. Except for, except for one thing. You ready for this? Yeah, what is it? How often they lean into, and the joke is he's gay. Is, it, is that in that movie? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, God. that does. Have, yeah, the Every, guy in the. Damon Wayans. Uh, yes. Fucking. Yes, right. You're Bronson right. Pincho, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy comes in. So I'm here to see Victor. Uh, Victor Mosel. He's like, that I, is the art world. Most he's probably that's how you get into the art world. You act a little gay. No, no, but every like, uh, do you have any bananas? Oh, just take it. Just take it. So you know, I got into. I got obsessed with that because the plot, the the plot for the comedy plot for all these was, and the joke is he's gay. The joke is he's gay. That's why Damon Wayans got fired from SNL. Did you know that? No, no. So Damon Wayans. So Damon Wayans at one point was very. I don't think he had a broad sense of humor. His sense of humor was just gay guys are stupid. That's funny. Like that he also, was. He also was like the first to defend Cosby. He was like in on the ground floor. Like this is bullshit. Like I was like, you don't want to just think about this for a sec before you just jump in head way, first. That's my huge, guy. Huge Damon Wayans fan. I'm a huge Damon he's Wayans fan. He's fucking funny. He's undeniably he's funny, hilarious. but he's got bad takes. Yeah, that's a bad take. So he, when he was on SNL, he was there with Robert Downey Jr. and that, and like Anthony Michael Hall, those guys, and he had to play a cop. They just wanted to play a straight man. He replaced Eddie Murphy technically as the black guy. So he was playing a cop, and he was like, "Yeah, but it's not funny." And they're like, "Well, you're just like a side character." So then they go to do the fucking live thing, and they cut to him, and this cop's supposed to say, "Well, clearly, if you read the papers, he's guilty or whatever." And so they cut to Damon Wayne. It's like. Clearly, if you read the papers, he's guilty. And they were like, you're fired. And he was like, what? And they're like, you're fired. He was like, well, I was just trying to be funny. So there was like, when he was younger, his only sense of humor was, oh, because he's gay. Like, it's funny to hear now because you're like, I don't really find just someone being gay comical as as much as maybe I did in the 80s. Like, you're just like, well, it's not funny that he's like, that's a lifestyle. Like, yeah. And so like that, not a lifestyle, it's just your life. It's someone's life. like. But it's yeah. I I get obsessed with the Beverly Hills Cop because everyone's gay. That's the 
joke of everything is like some people still think that's funny i mean like, I, I remember i did a gig years ago on new year's and uh my opening act was just fucking burying me with like he he would do okay and then he'd do this closer where he would serenade a guy on stage like as the backstreet boys that i went to a backstreet boys concert recently and i noticed they did this to a woman i thought it'd be pretty funny if i did it to a guy and the crowd would just lose their shit oh, yeah. homosexuals have sex in the asshole oh that's <laughs> they would, hilarious they would lose like it it was i i remember i called joe Mackey one night and i'd be like do you have to listen what i have to follow and he was like he was like i i've never heard anything kill that hard in my life and the and the joke was Look how funny gay is. And it would fucking, I, it was like six or seven minutes into my set, I'd still be struggling. Dude, I was the fucking, I'm, you know, you know, I'm the least woke human being you'll ever fucking meet. Just uh, regular, right? That's not true. Have you met my dad? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe your dad and I would get along. The, uh, <laughs> but like, I used to have a hard time watching Kim Peel because I would go, so what's the joke here? Is the joke that they're two gay guys doing it? Like, I, like, I couldn't watch Kim Peel because it was all about, and he's gay. And I was like, hold on. If, if, if a white guy was like, man, this guy be like, I don't know, man. I don't like reading. You'd be like, that's really racist. But all of a sudden you're just up there being gay. And that's yeah. the joke. Like I was, I could not get past that. It was so, and so that might be like a thing for me where I go, that guy, that's just a person. Like the, Right. Like, I, I don't know. That, so that might be my thing. That might be me. By the way, I like Kim Peel a lot. But Dude, that was fucking great. I think it's they were fucking great. I just could not get past someone dressed as a gay guy being the joke. Yeah. You know? But Eddie Murphy, it still it holds. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop to me is still like a great movie. It's a great you know? fucking movie. 23 it's years old. 23. It's Whenever I hear someone doing that, like I remember hearing that Tom Waits was like 24 in his first album, and you're like, Fuck, how do you make something that good that young? Dude, you know what? You know what is a great, great, great movie? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Ace Ventura. <laughs> I crapped out of Ace Ventura. Yeah, I told him. Oh, you did. Okay. I was high as shit, too. I, it, had every, it had every advantage last night going into Ace Ventura. I wanted to like it, and I was just high as girls, shit. Like, girls no. were the same way. You know, you know what Isla said? You got Isla your girls high to watch it? Yeah, I got the girls really high. <laughs> Isla goes, uh, I don't get it. Are we laughing because he's special needs? I went, <laughs> I go, he's not special needs, Isla. She goes, no, clearly he is. And I, she goes, I don't find that funny just that he's special needs. And I went, no, he's not, baby. And then I was like, wait, is that? Because that is the old plot device of like, same, right. cutting back to like, like the Damon Wayans. Like, and I go, baby, he's not special needs. And then I'm like, yeah, wait, why was I laughing? <laughs> like, yeah. is it because all righty then? That was funny, I thought. Well, what about, like, you ever remember when Mencia's whole punchline, like, that was his whole famous punchline, was, duh, 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 and we're like, duh, duh, you're duh. just doing, you're just making fun of the mentally handicapped, that's your move? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, 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 uh, I, I got hung up on that for a while because I'd see it work so well, and I'd be like, I don't, I didn't have it in my act. I didn't have, like, I never acted gay or, or mentally challenged, or I just talked. And then, mm -hmm. then you see someone like Mencia, be like, like, <laughs> Anyone that did like the hand up here, like dad, he said, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. yeah, dude, that was a big thing when I first started. The black comics would talk about fighting, uh, fighting retards. That was like a big <laughs> fuck. Oh, it would destroy. You could not follow a black comic talking about 
fighting a re- that was like the number one oh i mean i can remember comics you respect like the best comics in the game having that joke and it name uh, names i can't burn bridges <laughs> yeah no, george carlin's got a great bet on it he would just fight the retarded. It was fun. it was heavy. It was good. It was, that's my weird thing about like the words. The you're seven not words you can't say while beating up a retard. That was a famous Carlin bit. Uh, Tom said uh, uh, retarded in our podcast the other night, the other day, and I just haven't heard that word. Like no one says the word around my house. I've been so around my kids, yeah. and yeah. you know it's one of Tom's favorite words. And so, <laughs> so he said it, and it caught me off guard. Man, I fucking fell out of my chair laughing it's the thing about the words you're not allowed to say is when someone doesn't give a fuck and says them you don't expect them and that is the base of comedy is surprise right. and it's oh my god if you can see it on my instagram i fell out of my chair so what do you guys got planned for the rest of the day we're probably going to finish back to school we need to finish that at some point um i have to podcast I have to do self-helpless in a minute here. And I'm going to do my, I have a basketball podcast with Stavros. I told you about, I'm going to have, we have Chris Stefano on who's going to be, he's always fun. What's uh when, what, at what, at what hour do you green light eating a gummy? Oh, I mean, last night, when did I, when did I start eating gummies last night? She said, she turned to me and she goes, can we talk? And like, when I hear that, I'm like, fuck, I did something bad. And then she goes, can I eat a gummy and we make pasta and eat cookies? And I was like, oh shit, that was the best. Can we talk of all time? Uh, so yeah, he freaks out. He's not, you probably told him that you're not good at weed, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've yeah, talked yeah. about it. Okay. Well, how, I how, many, how many milligrams are your gummies? Uh, they're five. So I took two and then I, uh, smoked a bit. Oh really? How much, yeah. how many did you eat, Sam? I had a five milligram gummy and I was, I was like, fuck, I'm high. And I did, uh, sativa and he did a, he did like one that was supposed to be, it was a tranquility one. So it's supposed to help you calm down and go to sleep. They can use whatever word they want. It's like, it's not fair. It's just branding. They could be like, this will give you inner peace. I'm like, no, it makes me think about that. I'm a fucking shitty comedian. That's all it does. It doesn't give me inner peace. Yeah. It's not what I need. I do not need to hear the fucking voices in my head about where my comedy is right now. Really? This is the, this is the only thing that makes me stop thinking. Like I just, he was freaking out last night and I was just like, just think about, I'm so high. I'm just like, just think about how your body feels. Like, just think about that. I'm like, have you ever had to like jerk off while not looking at anything? Like, that's what this is like. Just like, don't think, just kind what of you do, though. You, meditative, like a meditative exercise. When you jerk off and you don't look at stuff as a guy, you still think of stuff. <laughs> Sometimes it's stuff you just looked at, you no, know? So it's nothing. Yeah. You can't jerk off and think of nothing. No, it's not. It's like look monster. at this wall and jerk off yeah. and th- have a blank mind. Yeah, I don't try know. It. Try it tonight. I'll try it. That's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds boring. It's yeah. if it's, we have access to memory. Why would I not use the memory? Access to memory. Why would I, dude? This is by the way. This is my first video podcast, and it's not. It's gone very it looks well. Great. It I like how it looks. It looks great. It's been fucking, well, I think it's, it's easier. I wanted to try one with you guys. Cause I would with Sam, because I was like, I know Sam, it's not going to be like a stretch. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do some bigger, uh, like some like celebrities. And I was like, I don't know who's coming. Uh, Guy Fieri is one of them. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I'm That's really cool. excited. Yeah. And then I uh, love that. I watch that show all the time. Diners, drive-ins and dives. It's so fucking good. It's a feel good show. He's just, he's just lifting people up. Yeah. 
it's it's I, I love that. And guys, grocery games are like my two go tos. And he's a fraternity brother of mine. So oh. uh, yeah, but different school, but same fraternity. So uh, and I know him. I we both were at uh, I was at travel when he was at food. So, but I I just was like, I've I've only done this for therapy, so I didn't know how it was going to be for a podcast. But it went fucking great. Yeah, this looks great. This was fun, man. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for uh, what is thanks. tell us the name of the podcast that you guys are doing. We're starting a podcast called This Is Important to Me. And the first episode, it was Austin Powers, but the sound sucks. So we just deleted it. And the first episode is going to be Goodfellas because she had never seen that. Oh, so, wow. dude, it's it's such a fucking great movie. It's I could watch it a hundred times. Okay. And but hey, and so then, that first guy they kill in the trunk, that's my uh, buddy. That's my buddy, uh, Cayman and Croy's uncle. Oh, cool. Really? Yeah. Is that Frank Vincent? You mean? The first, uh, the first guy they kill in the trunk in, in Tampa, right outside Lowry Park, is related to my buddy Cayman and Croy. No shit. Yeah. So well, they, their uncle, second uncle, or whatever. We did that, and then we did um, episode two is Singing in the Rain, which is her pick. It's fucking great, dude. I oh, gotta really? give it to you. It's so incredible. Good. Okay. I, you I, watch it. Dude, like it's it. you would like it. It's fucking good. Isla wants to watch Dark Water. What is? She wants to watch Dark Water. Is that the one with Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo about DuPont flooding the... Isla wants to watch that? He's obsessed. She She's obsessed with it? Is it's she supposed like to be big, good. It, she okay. it just, she I think it'll be a good thriller, Dad. God, me and you will really get into it. That's amazing. Isla's That's such a mature movies. choice. She wants to watch that in 1917. How old is Isla again? Uh, 13. And onward. onward wow. Onward's one of the dad who only gets... They, they try to bring... Their, it's a cartoon. They try to bring their dad back with a spell. And they only get the bottom half of him. Have you seen that? No. They only like they're like your dad gave you a secret staff that could bring him back, so he could meet you after he was dead. So they bring his bad dad back, but the spell goes only halfway, so it just brings his pants and his feet back, like his bottom half. So they have to go find the jewel to get the rest of him. And the only joke I could kept saying was, if that was me and my daughters <laughs> just brought my lower half around, it would be all on top of my wife, just being like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> But uh, Onward, uh, 1917, and Dark Water or Isla's three picks. 1917 is pretty great. We can't get it. It's, there's too many people online right now. It's, uh, it's fucking, like, it's crazy. Which it's, is good for Netflix specials, Taylor. I noticed that yours has been right uh, associated with both mine and Tom. Every time you click on either of them, you might also good. like. Taylor I can't tell, but is it is it because you watch stand up? That's the thing, because it's being pushed to me too. But I think it's because I watch stand up. Yeah, that's who you want is people that watch stand up. You don't want people that don't understand stand up. Right, that's a good point. That's a good. Yeah. Point. It did. It's a lot of people watch stand up. Right. It suggested it uh, after we finished Goodfellas the other night, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the same thing." This Have is... you watched your special on your? No, I haven't. All right, we'll wrap this up. So yeah. what's the podcast you and Starburst have? Uh, it's called Pod Don't Lie. It's Pod Don't fun. Lie. You got the one with Taylor called... Yeah. Uh, this is got, important to me. This is important to me. That's great. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, do you have any tour dates to promote? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got nothing. I, I got... I, so follow relevant. me on Instagram. I'm posting new jokes every, every day. Uh, you're the best, Sam. Hey, thanks uh, for doing you this. You too, man. Thanks for having me. This was fun as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll just uh, Zoom call you guys uh, when you guys start to eat edibles. I'll eat edibles with you guys while I'll wait for them to kick in. Okay. <laughs> All right, brother. Stay safe. All right. You All too, right. man. Take care.
This episode was brought to you by The Machine.